Trace, I had this terrible nightmare. I even had a nightmare within the nightmare. God, I must be fucking crazy. I'm bored out of my skull. Keep your motors running. We don't want to get in cold. He said he'd kill you or anybody else that tried to cut out part of his brain. The two victims, a nurse and an orderly, had been repeatedly slashed with an extremely sharp implement of an undetermined nature, possibly a surgical scalpel. Hi, this is Lara Park Lincoln from Friday the 13th, Part 7, and you're listening to The Hysteria Continues. Hey, indeed you are. Welcome back to The Hysteria Continues. We're on episode number 23, and... Um, I don't know where it is, but it's some 23 is a magic number in some religion. I don't know. I don't think it's Catholicism or anything like that. But anyway, hopefully this will be a magic episode for us. Um, we're covering um, the little known but much loved by at least Nathan, uh, The Last Slumber Party um, from 1987. So we'll be looking to see whether we share the love for that film. Um, we're looking at that a little bit later. Uh, we're also going to be obviously looking at our recently seen. Um, and also we're going to be doing our top three 80s horror movies that aren't slashers uh, and I think that's going to be quite a fun segment because we're going to get to indulge some of our other, other interests in the genre um, from uh, one of our favourite decades so I think that's going to be a lot of fun um, well first up I shall welcome the well our, the, the podcast fellow Bloodhounds um, and first up Eric from Ireland how are you doing? I'm good, I don't care if I'm wasting water oh, what as in a cat flushing a toilet? <laughs> exactly Oh, and will that make a return? Who knows? Will it? I wonder. I wonder. No? Mm. Well, maybe. Who knows? Mm. We'll keep you in suspense. We shall see, but we shall see. Indeed. Mm. And I hear, Joseph, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Justin? I'm not too bad. I'm a bit knackered, actually, because I had to um, drive back. Well, I wasn't actually driving, but I was working in Liverpool yesterday, all day yesterday, and we were driving back down the motorway, doing really going great guns, and... Um, and then they closed the motorway about 50 miles from home and somebody had some merry prankster had been changing around the, um, you know, when they do those kind of route diversions, like a wrong turn scenario. Mm. And um, somebody well, had been, I, well, somebody had been turning around those, um, the signs into an eternal loop. So yeah. everyone was just going round and round and round. Um, and, then <laughs> eventually, and then eventually... I do have to take it back a little bit. I'm not great. My foot kind of hurts, but other than that, I'm all right. Okay, well that's good. Well, well, you, well, I'm glad um, your your foot. Well, your foot shouldn't be making. We shouldn't be stopping you talking, should it? Uh, only if I stand really... on it, which I don't intend to do. So, well, okay. Yeah. okay. Well, <laughs> well, how about you, Nathan? Have you got any eels? Are you okay? I'm getting over a head cold, so you might hear me sniffling some during this podcast. Oh gosh. So, Eric, you're the only one who's kind of um, fighting fit. I know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you are too. You're just a bit annoyed with your little diversion prank. Well, it was just because we didn't. Well, because we we drove down to somewhere called Stroud, which is kind of about um, uh, quite a way out the way, and then they closed off the exit to the motorway there. So in the end, we had to hi- um, hire a taxi to drive us in a convoy out of Stroud, and then get home <laughs> until gone midnight. So anyway, very boring, and we didn't go anywhere through anywhere like called Three Knobs or anything exciting like that. Oh. So, um, <laughs> But I do have a little little extra thing to play. So if anything comes up in, in any way, double entendre, like obviously Three Knobs, if you were listening to the show um, ages ago, I can't remember, it was probably episode three or four. We, um, oh, you know, oh, is it what I think it is? Uh, it's, not, it's not this. 
Although that no, might, no, if anyone is swears... It, is it Uber Misses? Well, it's not quite. It's this. Oh. Matron, please. I'm not that kind of <laughs> Oh, Matron. I love so, it. So, there you go. Yeah, and I also have good. a little little one of these. Um... <laughs> anyway, so, in case anything comes up... So, I'm going to go ahead and, then... I'm gonna go ahead and just say, uh, fuck, just so you can get the, the buzzer again. Okay. <laughs> I can see <laughs> we start as we mean to go on. So... Yeah. So I'm glad. So we're all in various states of um, slight delirium and illness and injury, apart from Eric. Um, so we shall see how we go, but um, it should make the uh, review of The Lost Lumber Party even more um, delirious, I imagine. Before we get to that, should we do some recently seen? Mm-hmm. Yes? Okay. Yes. Well, who would like to go first? How about you, Eric? What have you been watching? Okay, well, I watched um, possibly the worst film I've ever seen in my life, and that's saying something with, with what is due to come up later in the podcast. But mm. it was a film called Love Bites. It was on the MGM movie channel during the summer, and I recorded it onto the DVR, and I only got around to watching it this week. The reason I taped it is because it stars Adam Ant, and uh, as you know, I'm a fan of all things 80s. Mm. Um, so I recorded it, and it is absolutely dreadful. So dreadful, in fact, it's one of the few films I couldn't finish i had to after an hour i just couldn't take any more i had to <laughs> i deleted it to make sure that it was gone forever what, uh, it, he it, plays a, a vampire film? in it oh, vampire. and it's okay. it's supposed to be kind of a comedy in inverted commas and have romance in inverted commas in it hmm. where he sort of wakes after a 100 year slumber and starts dating this woman from 19 it's 1993 i think so oh it was dreadful it was so boring so incredibly boring poor adamant it's, it's stained his good name i felt Mm. I, don't, I don't know if anyone has seen it. I'd never heard of it. It just popped up out of the blue in the listings, and I said I'd give it a whirl. I think he played. Didn't he play a vampire in something else? Um, he, was he in something called Nomads? Was it? Yeah, or? that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen mm. it, but I remember he was in something. Yeah, like something Nomads, like that. Yeah. yeah. The only other stuff, I, the other horror stuff I've been watching has been my top three things, which I won't discuss mm. now. Okay. Um, the other stuff I've been watching, and this will be of no uh, relevance to Joseph and Nathan, because I'm sure it didn't make it across the Atlantic. But if I said to you, Justin, I only want to help you, Roland, would Grain you know chill. what I meant? Grain chill. Yes, yes. I found. Um, the Baby Jesus has delivered onto me some seasons of Grange Hill that I've been longing to get my hands on for a long time now, and I've been uh, indulging myself um, for the last few days. Well, for and our, it's uh, utterly fantastic. Yes, well, for our American listeners and um, anywhere else, anyone else anywhere in the world, and also uh, Joseph and Nathan, the Grange Hill was a kind of 70s. It started in the 70s, didn't it? Started in the late, started in 78, yeah. 78, and it's like, a, I can imagine it'd be like, is it Del Grassi High or something? Degrassi, Degrassi Junior High, yeah, which was Canadian, be, I think. Right, okay, but it'd be that kind of thing, but slightly more gritty, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it's, it's slightly uh, more gritty, but still a bit did, frivolous. Did either, of you, um, did either of you ever watch The Vicar of Dibley? Yes, well, bits of it, yes. yeah. Uh, I like that show, actually. You like that? Okay, well, this well, is this is set in a Grange Hill as a school, and it's just uh, the merry japes and sometimes more serious plot lines, including heroin addiction, which is coming up soon. And the ones I'm watching, mm. yeah. and they all did. Um, didn't they do a song saying "Just Say No"? Was it yeah. "Just Say No"? And they got yeah, and they got to go to the White House to meet Nancy Reagan. I know what a privilege that would have been. I know, exciting yeah. <laughs> for, for both for, for Nancy and the um, the Grange Hill cast. I'm sure. Sorry, that was my Ronald Reagan impression. Oh. <laughs> See, over here we Speaking had of by the Bell, which dealt oh, with uh, caffeine yeah. pill addiction. Speaking of Ronald Reagan, now this is a little, um, it could be a little crude, but have, you, have either of you ever purchased the Ronald Reagan commemorative typewriter? Yeah, I have three. 
It has no memory and no colon. <laughs> oh, but wait a minute. He's dead now. He's dead now, yeah. So is Nancy dead? Uh, I, don't, I think she sure. is. I don't know. The night... Um, the night Ronald Reagan died, well, it was a night over here, an evening over here. Morrissey was playing a gig in Dublin and he got the crowd to do a big cheer for the death of Ronald Reagan. And it made, uh, it was, up, there was uproar in the press the next day. Oh, Morrissey just loves doing stuff like that, doesn't he? He does, yes. Did I tell you the time I saw Morrissey? The only time I've ever seen him was another time where coming back from a work thing broke down on the motorway, finally got back into Bristol, then had to get, drive straight up to Swindon to see Morrissey, got in there just as he came on stage. He did one song and then collapsed and was taken off in a stretcher. What a bastard. Anyway, that bastard. <laughs> what so, a um, jerk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ruined my evening by having some yeah. kind of seizure. You should, you should have had somebody prop him up. Exactly. What an asshole. I know. So you could have said, like, sort of ventrilo- ventriloquist dummy or something, and they somebody put, his, put their hands up his skirt to make his lips move. So... <laughs> <laughs> The old ones are always the best. Anyway, so that probably deserves a little... Uh... Matron, please, I'm not that kind of doctor. Anyway, <laughs> so enough of that. So. Um, Eric, have oh, you seen anything sense. else? Uh, no, no, I don't want to say anything else that I saw. Uh, oh, I did see what I saw Home for the Holidays, which is this TV movie that you uh, gave quite a good rating to oh, yeah. on Hysteria Lives, starring Sally Field yes. and Julie Harris, who mm. most people know from The Haunting. I know her yeah. best as Valiant's mother in Knott's Landing. Boo, Knott's Landing! Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Lily I was. <laughs> Lilla May, yeah. I wasn't that hugely impressed with Home for the Holidays, I have to say. <gasps> really? Oh, really? Oh, okay, I, I, might need to give it, I, I might need to give it another try. I just found it kind of. Uh, sort of a, a nothing happens type of a film. <laughs> okay, wow. right. but it's set in the mood, you know. Mm, maybe I'll give it another Moody. world. I'll give it another I think world. Give Joseph another should world. like it because it's pouring rain through the whole movie. Oh, yeah. I love the film. I think it's mm. fantastic. It's about what 1971 or 72, is it? 72. It's got yeah. kind of great protest slasher, isn't it? I mean, it's got that whole rain slicker thing and the pitchfork. <laughs> And Sally Field was um, was was kind of uh, was first choice, wasn't she, to play Alice in Friday Thirteenth? Yes, but I think like she was a big box office at the time, yeah. so I don't think they had any chance of getting her, really, no. did they? Mm, no, no. But I wonder if they'd seen um, Home for the Holidays, and that, yeah. that was why they thought she would be a good choice. So, yeah, well, yeah, I think you should rewatch it. I think it's I haven't seen it for ages, but uh, it's uh, I remember liking it very much. So. Uh, okay, well, thanks, Eric. How about you, Nathan? What have you been watching? Uh, let's see. I watched uh, courtesy of our friend Amanda Bynott. Mm. Um, you know, she recommended it to me, and I watched the made-for-TV movie Five Desperate Women, which is about uh, these five uh, friends who get together and they meet on this island, and there's a killer on the island with them. Um, I don't know if I could really call it a slasher because it doesn't have a high body count. You know, most of the women survive. But it's certainly one of the cheesiest movies I've ever seen. It's uh, there's one scene where um, that there's a dog, and you know, like one of the women really likes the dog and wants to keep it, and the other one's allergic, so they make the dog go outside, and the dog ends up getting killed by the killer. And the next day, when they find it, the woman breaks down and starts screaming at the woman who's allergic, you know, like it's her fault. And then she starts going on about, he was a good little doggy. He was a good little doggy, and he liked me. And it's just such a weird line in that movie. And then another one of my favorite scenes is the killer at one scene has one of the women on the ground and is strangling her to death. And her three friends run up, 
and stand off to the side screaming while he's choking their friend, and then they start throwing rocks at him. I mean, I don't think that's going to help very much, especially when some of the rocks are landing just a couple inches from their friend's head, mm. you know, where they could easily have hit her in the head. So, But it's year, a really cheesy, funny movie. What year was it? Uh, was it like 71 or something? Okay. I can't remember. So it was early old. 70s. Okay. Excellent. Well, that sounds, that sounds interesting. I'll have to dig that one out. I hadn't heard of that before Amanda recommended it. So, um, Oh, yeah. It's, it's actually it's very cheesy and hmm. uh, entertaining, especially the dialogue. Mm, great. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely check that one out. That sounds great. Um, anything else? Uh, I was trying to think if I watched anything else. Um, I watched uh, that new movie, uh, Wolfman, uh, with Anthony mm. Hopkins, and I did not like it whatsoever. Mm. I thought it was extremely boring. It felt like it was three hours long. It's a real misfire, wasn't it? I, I saw yes. it. Um, I, I didn't see it at the cinema, but I saw it. I caught it on DVD when it was like three quid or something really cheap. Uh, and it looks great, doesn't it? I mean, the set design and everything's really good, but it's it just doesn't work, does it? Yeah, that's what I'll give it. The um, the scenery was amazing, but mm. that's all it has. Yeah, it doesn't have anything else. No, no, it's a shame, shame. Well, no, thanks, Nathan. Um, how about you, Joseph? What you you watched the Wolfman as well? Yeah, I also saw the Wolfman, which mm. uh, basically they have no excuse to be so boring because they have such a great, you know, high budget, you know, high caliber actors, and it's just a CGI fest, you know. Terrible effects, really boring story. I mean, I want to watch a movie called The Wolfman. I want it to be about wolves, you know, not uh, people sitting around and, you know, bickering over and over. So um, it sucked. I put that out of my memory. But I also watched a movie called uh, The Tapes. I watched mm. that this morning before we started recording. It's a found footage film, and it royally, royally pissed me off because it has such a great premise. But what it does is it follows these three characters who are the most shrill characters I've ever like saw on any film and they sit around, you know, for the first, the movie's like an hour and 20 minutes. What's that like 80 minutes? Yeah. Uh, that for like 70 of those minutes, the whole movie is just them like bickering, like, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And, um, finally at the last 10 minutes, you know, they run into these like Satanists because they're, they're filming, they go into this like barn or something and they're, they think it's a bunch of swingers and they think it'd be funny to get it on camera. And what they're actually trying to do is um, get this one girl on camera because she wants to be on Big Brother. And they figure, you know, adding that into her like uh, audition tape would kind of, you know, jazz it up. But they basically, you know, happen upon a bunch of Satanists. And at the, at the last 10 minutes, you know, things start to happen. But the, the problem is these characters are so annoying and they're so stupid. They get trapped in this like compound. But the defense that they get out with is like four foot high, and they don't want to climb over it. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I have the right shoes to climb over the fence. So that's how they get stuck. Bunch of morons. I hated this film. I hated it. So it's it's kind of a little bit like, um, not giving anything away, but The Last Slumber Party, the main character in, in that kind of um, has a little bit of difficulty um, making the right choices, isn't she? <laughs> a bit, yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a British film. Um, okay. It's, it came out. Yeah, Justin apologized. This year, I think it came out this year, but uh, it has such a great premise and it's well made. But the characters are extremely annoying, and I would not recommend it at all. Okay, um, but quite a new new film, is it? Yeah, it came out this year, I believe. Okay. Maybe 2010. I can't remember, but it's a found footage film, and you know I've been on one of those kicks lately. Yeah. So, have you watched Nori yet? 
No, oh, I, I'm wait. I, I cannot find the subtitles I need. I'm oh. still looking for them, but I'm, if, I'm about to just give up and just watch it, just to be watching it. Okay. Well, I might be able to help you out there. Oh, cool. Although I can't say anything because it probably would be legal to have a dodgy copy. <laughs> the baby, baby Jesus, Jesus might be able to help me out. So, That's yeah, baby Jesus. I, I might put in a word with my friend up there or down there, right. wherever. So, um, anything else, Joseph? Yeah, I caught up on the, um, I don't know if you got it over there, but the television series American Horror Story. I've been watching it's, that, yeah. I've been yeah, it's, it's not bad. I kind of like it. It's um, mm. it's sleazy. It's it's kind of cheesy, over the top, but I don't know. It It's really entertaining. It's kind of like a soap opera with ghosts. Mm. No, I really like it. I mean, Jessica Lange is, is amazing, isn't she? No? Yeah, she's totally, you know, um, southern draw, over the top kind of... Yeah. Uh, thing going on well i kind of knew yeah. it was going to be slightly different when she she said um has a daughter's got um has got down syndrome and she sort of says to her new neighbors oh, oh don't mind the mongoloid and yeah. just kind of <laughs> don't expect you know jessica lang to say that or for them you know to have that kind of an american tv series i knew it's gonna be slight slightly um sort of quirky and different and we're only up to episode uh three in the uk um, oh, okay yeah. well i won't spoil anything i'm on no. number eight i just finished number eight i believe it was uh, there's okay. like I think five left before the season is over, but mm. I'm really enjoying it. Um, it's it's really just really entertaining. It's not great, how, but it's it's entertaining. Yeah. I can't see how they can stretch out to a second season because they're talking. No. It's, it's been recommissioned, isn't it, for a second season? Yeah. Well, what I'm hearing, I don't know if it's true, but I'm hearing like every season is going to be a different story. So I don't know if it's going to be a new mm. cast or right. I don't know what, but uh, I guess we'll see. Okay. Okay. Well, no. It's um. Yeah, I'm quite enjoying it. You've been watching it, um, Nathan and Eric. No, no. Yes. I um. Everyone was was um saying how brilliant The Walking Dead was, and I watched that first season and wasn't enthused. Uh, so, The Walking yeah. Dead sucks. Mm. I enjoy The Walking Dead. I did you? Uh, yeah. No, I'm I'm watching season two of that at the moment, and I I kind of I've read all the um the graphic novels, so I don't know if that kind of made it more sense for me, but I'm you know I'm enjoying it. I'm easy to please. Oh, well. I, the, my problem with it is, like, they got all these zombies running around, and these people sit around talking about fishing, and they start crying, and, like, you slept with my husband. It's just so silly. Mm. But that's kind of what would happen, though, wouldn't it? I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't sit around bickering about sleeping with someone's husband. Well, but, you know, whatever. Would you, but um, maybe we would. Oh, maybe. Yeah. So, <laughs> have you, have you um, watched anything else, Joseph? Uh, no, it's been kind of lax this week. So, okay. well, I'm just going to just quickly the roundup of what I've watched, and I haven't really watched very much in the way of horror at the moment. I've just been too busy with other things. But one film um, I did, we did get from Love Film, which is I say it's a bit like Netflix in the states, was the um, the kind of newish Hammer film, um, and obviously Hammer Studios is is trying to have a resurgence, and they did the remake of um, Let the Right One In. Um, I think it's called Let Me In, wasn't it? Which was was pretty good actually. And um, I just saw The Resident with um, Hilary Swank, which is kind of uh, basically it's a. Do you remember Sliver with um, Sharon Stone? Mm. Or, uh, back the early her kind of basic instinct follow up, and she's got it's one of the Baldwin brothers is kind of watching her soaping her breasts in the bath and and things like that. And basically it's just a reworking. Of, of that with Hilary Swank um, hires a uh, an apartment in Manhattan and her landlord, who's played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's kind of better known as the, the father of Jensen Ackles' character in Supernatural, 
Um, he is kind of basically the pervy um, neighbour who's just built all around the apartment kind of spy holes and watches Hillary basically flicking the bean and um, changing her pants and um, <laughs> all this kind of thing. Uh, and uh, and uh, his father is Christopher Lee, so it's a bit of a nod to the old um, Hammer stuff. And it's got Lee Pace in it, who I, I really like. He's a really good actor. Um, uh, but he's really wasted as Hilary Swank's ex-boyfriend who just kind of gets dispatched pretty quickly. Uh, it's kind of... It's it's a real misfire actually. It looks okay, um, but it's a bit of a vanity project for Hilary Swank, and it's it's kind of one of those films that if it was done by Italians in the seventies, it would go so much further. Because there's a scene in it where um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is watching Hilary Swank have a wank, as it were, in the bath. But you can you you don't know all you know all the only reason you know she's she's down there you know gusset typing under the water is because one hand's under the water and you don't you don't see matron, anything. Matron. <laughs> Well, let's see if I... Maybe that would, uh... But, yeah, it's just kind of, um... Matron, please, I'm not that kind of doctor. Yes. <laughs> but it's just kind of... It's, and then he he gets... When she goes out, he gets into the bath and has a wank. It just seems the place where everyone masturbates. <laughs> and, um, but you just see him un, undoing his flies, and then it cuts, and so you, it's up to your imagination. So it's all this kind of very... It's very kind of, um playing it safe, whereas the Italians would have taken it a lot, lot further, or the, the Americans would have taken it a lot further in the 70s. And it just kind of... And, of course, it ends exactly how you imagine it will end, which is a big showdown in the house being chased around. It turns into a bit of a slasher movie uh, showdown um, with Hilary Swank being chased around by by her psycho landlord. And it's it's OK. It's a, it's a fairly pleasing way to pass an hour and a half, but it's not, you know, coming from Hammer... It's it's not particularly exciting or, um, or well done. And um, the the other film I haven't seen, but I want to see. It's my new kind of um, holy grail, and I've mentioned this on the the forums. Is Dark Water now? Yes, um, I want to we, see that. Too. Yeah, there's the Dumb Waiter was um, another film which came across kind of relatively recently, and these are kind of in in the UK. I don't know if you had it in the states, but in the UK back in the well pre the 1980s or probably up until the early 1980s there was also a supporting feature um and it used to be like a short film you know between 10 and minutes and a half an hour maybe so we went went to cinema there'd always be like a little short film before the main feature and i, I don't know why they did that but it was a kind of way of show, showcasing sort of new talent and i can i can guess so in the late 70s early 80s that um when I wrote Teenage Wasteland, it, I kind of bemoaned the fact there was hardly any kind of um, uh, slash movies uh, made around the kind of golden era that when America was pumping out so many in the early 80s and late 70s. But there seem to be a few of them, uh, these short films, and this one's called Dark Water, not to be confused with the um, the Japanese and um, Dark Water and the remake. Uh, but um, I kind of... my interest was Pete. There's a fantastic book called Ten Years of Terror, and basically it's a history of 1970s British horror movies um, put out by Fab um, Fab Books in the UK. Uh, I think it might be out of print now, but it's a great kind of overview. And Kim Newman, um, the critic, he wrote a little little piece, and it just says it's a creepy little psycho movie with escaped murderer, murderer Beams stalking a young couple um, after hours in a swimming pool. Like the Dumbwaiter, it's a miniature stalk and slasher without the need for an elaborate plot setup, rather on the model of an EC comic suspense story. So, um, and also bizarrely, again, this probably be lost on you, Joseph and Nathan. It's um, I don't you probably didn't go get only Fools and Horses, the the comedy. I don't know if that rings any bells with you. 
Mm, no. Um, no, it was very big, <clears throat> very big in the UK. But um, it was uh, the guy Del Trotter. It's kind of um, it was his wife. Is um, it's Mrs. Trotter is the person being chased around the the pool. And I actually wrote to Kim Newman. He he was good enough to get back to me. He's, he obviously saw it back in 1979 and 1980. But he said it's never got a release. Um, but the British Film Institute is occasionally putting out these films um, to support other features on DVD. So I might get in contact with them and see if you know there's any way we can actually get to see it because um, it's kind of my you know on my want list really because I think it'd be. If you get a copy, good. let me know. I would really love to see I that. Think, yeah, I will do. Will do. Um, and the other ones we we'll just touch on very briefly is um, is I watched um, Night School, the new uh, um, um, release that was put out. I think it's Warner Brothers. Um, they're kind of is it? Yeah, it's Warner Brothers. Yeah, isn't it? Warner, Archive, yeah. Warner Archives. Yeah, Warner isn't Archives, isn't it? Mm. Um, and it's a great print. It's brilliant. And um, just to well to give it away, um, we're hoping to cover Night School um, in uh, two weeks' time in the next show. So we won't go into it in any great detail but it's definitely a disc worth getting it's got the just got the trailer on there but it's got a very good print so that was good and also humongous from scorpion releasing uh which i know eric's seen and again we might be covering that um at some point in the future we're not going to talk about it much now apart from um i I was quite disappointed with the picture i've seen quite a lot of discussion about the the dvd release and people saying it's a lot brighter and it is a lot brighter looks you know you can see what's going on but it's very pixelated it's kind of looks like if you imagine like a a youtube video that's um that's not it's kind of blown up too much so if you i was watching on a 32 inch screen so it's not massive screen but it kind of looked quite pixelated as if it was kind of um a lower resolution that been blown up did you find that eric i did yeah especially with the scenes with water or fire Mm. you'd notice that they have sort of jagged edges rather than smooth edges that they should yeah yeah which is a shame i'd say we, we're mm. going to be covering the film um hopefully on a podcast in not too distant future so won't talk about it in any great detail but i it's a shame just because um i know certainly um, apparently the their new release of um they put a new version of final exam is much better looking than the uh, the previous release and also they're putting out a two disc special edition of um house on sorority row uh, ooh, ooh. Which which I've got already got two copies of that, so but I might have to triple dip on that. Uh, but yeah, I don't know what went wrong with this. It also looks like it's taken from a video master rather than from a 30, 35 mil uh, print. So yeah, so it's mixed mixed, but it's got some you know it's interesting to um, hear the director and what he has to say about the film. But again, say we will be covering it in more detail um, and on another show. So I won't go into any more details, but. Um, I think that's me done for recently seen. Uh, anything else to add, guys? Uh, Justin, yeah. uh, when you were mentioning the short films, I wanted mm. to say that I actually forgot, but I watched Panic, oh, a little right. short okay. film mm-hmm. about the woman who picks up the hitchhiker. Mm. That is an amazing uh, little 15-minute film. Uh, yeah. Joseph, you need to get that for Grant Grant because you and he will both really like it. It's posted mm. on the forums, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's on YouTube. On like you can yeah. find it all the well, whole somebody, episode on YouTube. Somebody put it on the forums. I was actually going to watch it and I got sidetracked, but uh, it's I'll, I'll really check good. I'll it's, check that out. It's today. got a great little ending too. Yeah, yeah I'll put that on YouTube. For... But, but I saw of... I saw that age six in the cinema. Panic. Did you? Mm, it was on before uh, we got. I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Mm. We got um, Battlestar Galactica released theatrically over here. Yeah, the pilot episode, and mm. it played before that, and scared the bejesus out of me. 
<laughs> mm. Yeah, no, it's great little. And so mm. there was lots of those little films. Um, and again, in, if you ever get a chance to um, have a look at Fab's Ten Years of Terror, at the back there's loads about three or four pages of all of these short horror films that were made in the 70s um, in the UK. And a lot of those would have been shown before the main feature. So, And a lot of them have never seen the light of day. It was a shame. There's another one called um, uh, The Lake, which um, is supposed to... It, it was compared to Friday 13th when it came out as a different take on the, that kind of thing, although I think it's got ghosts in it. But uh, that's another one that's never never seen being released in any apart from at the cinema at the time, um, which is one I'd like to, really like to see. So, But if anyone's got any leads on those films um, and can let us know, then obviously we would be eternally grateful. Great. Well, actually, Justin, you were the one that posted Panic on the board. You actually posted the YouTube clip. So I will check that out today. The only thing, trouble with it, is that the dialogue um, doesn't match the, the lips in part of it towards the end it goes in and out. It's not too bad. I can download that and resync that. I think I'll do that for Grant Grant's sake. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's also at um, a certain site that's frequented by Baby Jesus, if you know. Oh, okay. Okay, well, that'll work too. Yeah, so. Okay, um, and that's obviously um, uh, thepope.com. So, yes. Okay, well, I think, should we move on to our top three non-slasher 80s horror before movies? Before we do, before oh, yeah. we do, uh, now that we're talking about these short films, I oh. also posted one, it's um, it's like two minutes long. Actually, it's a minute and 27 seconds. It's uh, called Dark and Lonely Water. It's basically about the dangers of drowning, but it's yeah. narrated by Donald Pleasance, and, he's, and there's like a Grim Reaper like stalking a bunch of kids. It's one of those... Uh, uh, public service announcement that's yes. extremely creepy. Yeah. Did you see that? I've, I've yeah, seen it I have before. A, I have yeah. a DVD of public service announcements, and I think that's yeah. that's on it. Yeah, yeah. We it's called the Spirit of Dark and Lonely Water. Yeah, because yeah. we talked about that before, didn't we, on the show? Because we ha- used to see those at school. They used to be a little treat before the summer holidays or something. They'd get us all together and watch those films. Yeah, on watch the, the kid going up the pylon to collect his frisbee and getting frazzled. Yeah, it's the early Wasn't there one, I can't remember what it was, but the kid fell into like a, uh, a wheat thresher and he got grinded up or something. They were really grisly. I mean, you didn't see, there was ah, one where, where a kid um, uh, gets run over by a, um, a, a steamroller, I think, and then all you see yeah. is bloody tra- uh, trainer, um, a shoe rolling <laughs> down the hill. And uh, and stuff like that, and so uh, someone gets uh, um, quicksand. My favourite one when they did um, it was a cross country run, ticker tape run, and they ran through a train um, tunnel, and then you oh, hear, I, see I a train coming one, yeah. through the one side, and then they you see them cu- walking out covered in blood and being carried, and some of them. It's called it's called the finishing line. Is it okay? Yeah. So, but yeah, very it was good. just kind of very grisly. Yes, but so they wasn't do there one um, where like a kid was texting on his phone and walks in the middle of the street and gets mowed down by a vehicle. They do, yeah, they have done those um, uh, relatively recently. But yeah, they kind of one off. They've kind of uh, they've done quite. They did um, one where a, a little girl gets hit at thirty miles an hour and in slow mo goes flying through the air like in a quite balletic kind of thing where everyone turns around and pretends to scream. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of little mini snuff movies for you. So um, cool. Okay, well, um, should we? What I was going to do was play. We've got trailers of um, our top threes, and who knows what will happen when we get to number two? Um, anything could happen. It's you know, who knows? Who knows? Anything. But anything. Yes. Well, not, probably not anything. But I think you probably know what will happen. But should we start with Eric um, and your number three? Um, shall I play the trailer first? Yes, please. Here we go. 
Dr. Seth Brundle's brilliant invention goes horribly wrong, and two beings merge into one. Starts Friday, August 15th at theatres everywhere. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's the trailer, of course, for David Cronenberg's 1986 remake of The Fly. Uh, now, the, there's a common thread with my top three is that they're all sort of gore fests. Uh, I d- I didn't, that wasn't intentional. Just when I'm looking at them this morning, I was going, oh, makes me look like I'm sort of this this um, insatiable 16-year-old boy who just wants to see limbs and body parts falling apart and things. But um, you not? Well, I'm, well, I'm not 16, but I do have an insatiable desire to see people's bodies being ripped apart. Oh, I have to admit, okay. yes. Um, yeah, I went, uh, this time in my life, well, I saw The Fly probably about 1988. Uh, at that time of my life, I didn't appreciate Cronenberg's earlier films. I thought I found them a bit cold and a bit dull. Um, but he sort of sidestepped, sidestepped even into the mainstream with The Dead Zone and this one, The Fly, which was a big hit. And certainly uh, for me, it was the perfect monster movie at the time. It was just wall-to-wall gore and nastiness and, you know, Seth Bundle is merged with a fly and the more he transforms, the more disgusting it gets. It plays on everyone's sort of Achilles heel as his body falls apart, including, like, probably the most disgusting bit is an innocuous scene where he pulls his fingernail off. And, you know, on paper, it's probably not the most disgusting scene that could be in the film, but for me, it's the it's the one that makes me go, eesh, mm. the most. And, and, you know, there's pus and blood and um, it's typical Cronenberg and it has sort of decaying bodies or transforming bodies. But it's also, it's incredibly mainstream, I'd say, for, certainly by his standards. And he went back to sort of his, his old ways, if that's the right phrase with his you know subsequent films after this like uh dead ringers and naked lunch and you know i kind of lost i didn't lose interest i did enjoy those films but for me it's sort of his early ones up to the fly are the ones i really really like um but uh yeah this one terrific i actually indeed even like the sequel which everyone seems to hate the fly 2 released mm. uh, three years later yeah, uh, again it's it, it has much the same the wall-to-wall gore but what it lacks and what the fly has is the fly is a really really interesting uh drama going on in the background and that makes me sound a bit poncy i know but i mean i find the fly kind of sad in the end the the way it, it finishes is, you know it brings a lump to the throat maybe it's just me i don't know um the, like the only it's very rare for a horror film to do that i can think of only one that off the top of my head and that's carrie mm. that has that effect on me but I, I always find the fly really really sad in the end what about the last slump party does that not have oh yeah effect? well that touches me <laughs> on many levels yes okay yes um, okay. Mm. i love the fly i need to see yeah. it again I haven't seen it for ages. I think I saw it at the cinema, but um, I can't mm. remember. I can't remember. Yeah, it, it arrived on cinema screens just slightly before I started getting into horror. So I, I caught it first on, it was sort of newish out on, on video at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, that's The Fly. And isn't there a sequel? Hasn't he written a sequel to it? Yeah, there's some news about or a, a sequel or a remake or Something another. Been, I, I don't know, I'm not sure. Written, he's written a sequel, hasn't he? 
Mm. Um, so he's actually wanting to, he wants to do it rather than someone wanting to remake it. Although, of mm. course, it was a remake, wasn't it, in name, not name only, but kind of um, of the Vincent Price movie, wasn't it? Yeah, well, in the Vincent Price movie, of course, what happens is uh, they swap heads, the spy, the spy, the fly and the yeah. man sort of just swap heads, whereas in this one, they're merged together mm. and he slowly sort of metamorphosizes into one. Um, looking back on it, I was watching it last weekend, um, the fly suit itself it's very creaky looking. You can sort of see the seams and it's 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 not the fantastic Oscar winning special effect that it was back in 1986. But I mean, uh, story wise and, and that and like Gina Davis, Jeff Goldblum, John Getz are all fantastic in it. So they really like keep it together, I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? With um, Jeff Goldblum and um, Gina Davis and stuff and how they, they've kind of not vanished exactly, but they were big... They were stars, huge stars in yeah. the 80s, yeah. Mm. And they... But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, so, was, so was Toya. So was Toya. Well, I wouldn't say she's a huge star, <laughs> I would say. Oh, boy. But yeah. kind of, you know, but- Butlins level, maybe. Um, <laughs> so, um, Joseph, um, should we go on to your number three? Sure. Okay, here's your number three. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. could be the night of your life. Okay, and that was, of course, the trailer for my number three pick, uh, Fright Night. Uh, It's a film I've seen numerous times, and it really never fails to entertain. Um, I think one of the best things about uh, Fright Night, it's kind of a rear window with vampires, and uh, typically the vampire himself, Jerry Dandridge, played by the Chris Randon, you know, he kind of oozes suave and charisma, and he has a sort of a quiet menace about him in the more low-key scenes, and yet he's kind of a capable actor and able to do the more over-the-top stuff as well. Um, Of course, I can't fail to mention, you know, Roddy McDowell as the vampire hunter, Peter Vincent, and the three leads, uh, especially Stephen Jeffries as Evil Ed, are, I find, quite likable. And it's uh, really FX-heavy in the end, and none of it looks too, you know, creaky as, you know, compared to today's standards. It, It really holds up well. Um, but yeah, that's my number three. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, I I really like Fright Night. It's kind of um, I think a lot of the films that I know, obviously, what we've chosen, a lot of them are 
uh, are sort of well, typically fun 80s horror movies, aren't they? Which Fright Night is Pop one of those. Popcorn films, almost. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. It's got, it's, it's got its tongue in its cheek, but it's still horrific. Um, and, um, you know, it does comedy, but the comedy doesn't completely take over, does it? And um, no, so it, no. it knows when to thrill and when to be funny. Uh, I haven't seen. I've never seen the sequel because it's never come out on DVD in the UK. Um, has anyone seen Fright Night Two? Yeah, I saw Fright Night Two in the cinema actually. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah um, I, I thought it was fairly decent. I don't think it was as good as the first, but I don't remember it right. being awful. I mean, like you, I mean, I haven't seen it since. I don't think, uh, yeah. which would have been nineteen eighty-eight or eighty-nine. It was out. Because mm-hmm. what about the? Um, I saw it once. I don't remember much about it. The only thing I remember is um, I think it might have been a werewolf got his fingers slammed in a window and he fell yes. off like a story yeah. house. Mm-hmm. How about yeah, the remake? Has anyone again. seen the the remake? I didn't no. see the remake. No, no I didn't because it no. was only in three D, wasn't it? Yeah, it but it had um, who's that Antichrist, that Irish actor? Um, oh, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Farrell's in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Oh, you don't like it? I have to... No, I, I, I have an Alka Seltzer on standby every time I watch a Colin Farrell movie. Oh, really? Was there any yes. reason? You just don't you just don't like him? Just don't as like an actor. him, no. Okay. Oh, we might probe deeper. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Analyze Matron, please. I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> So, speaking of uh, speaking of Umatron, you do know that uh, Stephen Jeffries went on to be a gay hardcore porn star. Yes, yes, yes. I know. Well, and there was lots Sam, of Sam. Something was his alter ego. Sam Ritter. Yeah. Who takes? Oh, you know. The, uh, I'm not embarrassed. Of course you know that. that. Of course you know I've seen. I've seen a few of them. I ain't gonna lie. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I, I remember. Um, I remember Empire were doing sort of a where are they now feature. Empire magazine. You get that mm. in the states, don't you? Em- yes. Empire Magazine. They were doing a Where Are They Now on Stephen Jeffries. And I showed a, cl- I showed a still shot of one of his uh, gay porn movies. And they had underneath that typical line of dialogue from his film, which was, Ooh, I love the way your hot balls feel against my smooth ass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Yeah. But yes. he, was, he, was, he was one of those urban legends, wasn't it? That he was dead. He died of AIDS. And he's, he's not dead at all, is he? No. No. But it was, it was kind of no. one of those things that's said so often that people believe. He's still pumping he along. Dead. I'm sure he is. Yes, <laughs> pumping away. So, well, that's um, Fright Night. Uh, anything else to say about Fright Night? Uh, I love it. Great movie. Great. Okay, well, thank you for your choice. Nathan, here's your number three. For Bill Whitney. I've never been paranoid. Fear plays a large part in family life. I feel like something's going to happen. And if I scratch the surface, there'll be something terrible underneath He's afraid his sister... Could you zip me up, Billy? ...is not what she seems. God, Bill, what's the matter with you? He thinks his friends are out to get him. You make waves with you, you're going to drown. People are what they are. Now you have to learn to accept that. He's about to find out the truth. Why, why are you guys doing this to me, huh? What, you've been living with these people all your life and you didn't know anything about this? It's far worse than he could ever imagine. If you don't follow the rules, Billy, bad things happen. Didn't you know the Billy Boy? The rich have all sucked off low-class scum like you. Uh-oh, guy. Clarissa? 
be so intense. Now, some people make the rules and some people follow the rules. It's a question of what you're born to. You never were one of us. You know, you really deserve what's going to happen to you. I, I don't think so. Wait. Can't you see they're setting you up for something? You know how I hate to give you drugs. You're officially dead. Don't go home, Billy. No, 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 no. Bill Whitney is about to become one. Showtime, Billy! With society. <laughs> Who are you? Let me give you a hand, Bill. <laughs> In Beverly Hills, what you fear is only the beginning. Anything for society. <laughs> Sounded like Sid James there at the end. Um, okay, Nathan, <laughs> yeah. um, tell us about your uh, yeah, number three. Yeah, that was the uh, trailer for Society, and I often think that this movie gets kind of overlooked. I don't really see much ever getting mentioned about it. I think it's a really interesting take on, um, you know, like kind of a metaphor between the upper and lower classes, and um, I also like the way it plays with the whole thing of a teenager feeling alienated from their family. Um, and, and I like the way the director kind of plays at the beginning with, you know, is he just paranoid or is there really something weird going on with his family? Because uh, you get little glimpses of um, things like, for instance, there's a scene where he goes into the bathroom and he kind of sees his sister in the shower, but her head is turned around all the way, you know, like washing her back. It's it's really weird scene. Um and you kind of wonder if it's all in his head, but you know, of course, you know, you know that they're going to go all out for the ending, and you know they do. I mean, it's a really disgusting and sick, unforgettable ending. But uh, that's my number three is Society. That's right. a Brian Usna film, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it yeah. is. He's, he's, you know, he's really good at that over the top kind of go for broke stuff. You know, towards the end of his films, like he's, uh, what was it? Um, God, it's on the tip of my tongue. The movie he did, his most famous one. What was it? What Reanimator? Yeah, Reanimator. There. No, that's Stuart Gordon. <laughs> oh, you, that's Stuart yeah. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. Sure? yeah. Brian Usner is the producer, and he directed Bride of Reanimator. Yes, right, right. But they right. kind of are quite closely intertwined. Yeah, they, they are. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I saw. You know, Society is great. It's got, um, of course, Billy Warlock in it, who's the son of Dick Warlock, and mm. Billy Warlock appears oh so briefly in Halloween Two. Oh, is that him? Is with the, really? Mm, as with who? The he, he goes up and asks the sheriff about oh. um, uh, Ben Tramer. They say they haven't seen him all night and they're worried about him, blah, blah. Oh, I didn't know oh, that. Okay. He's, he's not the one who speaks. He's the okay. one who's with, with the guy who speaks. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I didn't know that. Well, thank you. A little bit of trivia for, for, for us and listeners. There and, we go. Um, yeah. I saw I yeah. saw Society at um, the cinema when it came out and it was, I was in my first year of college. And I took about 20 people with me to go and see it. And we just started college and we didn't really know each other very well. And we just, in, our, in the class I was in, I said, oh, well, let's go and see a film. And, and they're all quite straight in, you know, in both senses of, of the word. And I just remember at the end of the film, they all turned and looked at me as if I was a bit strange for making them watch Society. <laughs> but then... I, th- I think Society is terrific. Yeah, it's great. But I think they yeah. probably weren't expecting... Because um, mm. it's quite an odd film, isn't it? For a mainstream horror, horror movie. It is, particularly that odd. last 10 minutes or the whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The shunting. shunting. Yeah. yeah, I saw it on Showtime uh, in like a 91. And it was the first time I saw it. It was like late at night. And I only caught like the last part of it. So I immediately wanted to go rent it. And I did. And I loved it. I love it. It's a great movie. 
I remember seeing like all the stills from it in, in Fangoria or whatever magazines. And when I finally got to see it, I was I really liked the way it was. It built up quite slowly. I mean, you don't really get to this, you know, screaming mad George effects till till the final sort of twenty minutes or so. Mm. Mm. Excellent. Well, thank you for your number three, Nathan. We're coming ever closer to our number twos. And um, I'm sure Cameron Perry, uh, one person will be very happy what's coming up. <laughs> but um, here's my number three. The Big Apple is beset with terror. Hospitals, cemeteries and morgues have been vandalized by a series of bizarre and ghoulish robberies. Pieces of corpses have been disappearing. The secret of this perverted pilferage is traced to a tropical paradise under the spell of the maniacal medical malpracticing Dr. Butcher, conducting the most gruesome, inhuman, odious operations, all in the name of medical science. You can tell me if the operation was a success, what it's like to pass from life to death and death to life. Those who fall under the care of this very incompetent physician quickly discover that their pain is his gain. Dr. Butcher, MD, his next operation maybe your last yeah it was dr butcher md or known um uh, across the pond in the uk and um probably the rest of the world as zombie holocaust um it's a little bit cheap this one because i actually wanted to do zombie flesh eaters until eric ruined my fun by reminding sorry me it was 1979 but in reality the whole thing i'm t- i would just talking briefly but um it's an example of uh, the early 80s um and late 70s i kind of guess uh, italian zombie movies which i adore um zombie holocaust is is a great fun film you know because they I, I don't like the cannibal films for obvious reasons. We talked about it before because of the uh, the animal snuff and the zombie movies. Don't I think any of them have got anything? Um, it's all very much kind of gore, but uh, very fake looking gore, but usually very graphic. And um, I, you know, this I think this is the one that's got um, all the kind of dong sort of sounds whenever they zoom in on something, and um, it's really kind of overdone. And there's a the great scene where the hospital orderly um, jumps from the, the window in the hospital and lands on the floor and his arm flies off because he's obviously <laughs> a dummy. And it was such a cheap production, they, mm. they could only do it once. So even though it's so obvious that this arm flies off about 20 foot, um, they left it in. Uh, it's got you know great moments of um, um, outboard motors, the faces of zombies and things like that. And I also watched um, Burial Grounds uh, the other night with the great Peter Bark, who, mm. um, with the eternal in, uh, line, you know, Mama, this cloth smells of death. Uh, what a so weird little thing he is. He's a thing. Uh, He's not even human. He was 25. I looked that up. He was 25 when he played that, that role. Ooh, and he had yeah. three... Um, he played something like a Boy Scout in or, uh, a film before that, and he was in something it's else it, after... I don't know what he does now. If he ever now. came to my house, I'd kick him in the head. He, he annoys me. I'd be so scared. So... I would be scared. <laughs> I would be very scared. I find, I find him more scary than annoying. <laughs> He's a little troll. What is he? Why are you mean to him? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> You're mean to Hans Mole Man. Oh, well, that's different. He deserves it. <laughs> he is Hans Mole Man. He's the, he's the real-life version of Hans Mole Man. Who's Hans Mole Man? Uh, he's From the Simpsons. the Simpsons. Oh, okay. Right, okay. But, um, yeah, well, I just, uh, I'm just trying to think what else to say about it, because it's such a wide 
genre. I mean, the other ones I love, like Hell of the Living Dead, which was um, uh, zombie creeping flesh in the UK. Yeah. And obviously, a lot of them were banned here or cut very heavily. In fact, um, uh, a burial ground was re- released here. I think maybe it's Knights of Terror had so much cut out of it. I think it was only forty minutes or something on video. It was kind of you know that's back in the day when they butchered things completely, but. Uh, yeah, I love the zombie movies, and of course the other was the um, uh, what's the other one? The what's the one with the the, the zombies land on the plane? Oh, um, City of the Living Dead. City of the Living Dead. No, that's or Nightmare City. Nightmare it's known City. As, that's the one. Well, it's known as City of the or City of the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. That's yeah. it. Walking yeah. Dead. Yeah. And that's got great. I mean, this, I mean, the scene in that where um, the zombies invade the studio where they're doing a kind of legs and code type dance <laughs> routine, yeah, and then priceless. bite the nipples off the dancers is just kind of cheesetastic. And it's just like it sums up everything that is right and wrong with Italian exploitation and horror cinema of the early 1980s. Um, I could watch them all on the loop. So. Yeah, there's a great scene in Zombie Creeping Flesh where a SWAT member dresses up in a tutu and does a little dance. Mm. Do you remember that one? I do. Yes. 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 It's great. And they, I'd right at the end, they have the the great well, the effect where the um, when the characters they pull her eyeballs out from inside her head, don't they? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, just stuff like that. You just don't get that. You know, even with the special effects they can do now, they don't. They're not that creative. I mean, the Italians were the um, you know uh, the experts of this kind of thing, and that kind of cheesiness of, of it. And uh, and uh, you know, and even back when Lucia Fulci was doing like the real crap, like Zombie Three, when you know. When that the uh, the baby zombie wasn't it, and the flying head zombie and things like that, yes, just kind of yeah. inspired lunacy, um, which is no way can be qualified as good cinema, but it's 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 still hugely fun, uh, and so yeah, that's my number three. So are we ready for our number twos? And mm. I'll, I'll take I'll take a um, you know I, as a democracy, do we want, you know what? Yes. Yes. Him. Yes, Nathan? Yes. No. Oh. Okay. Well, you asked for it. <laughs> oh, I can't hear it. I can barely I can't hear it, hear it either. <gasps> oh, oh, you no. can't hear it. Oh, it's no. It's been censored. Oh, it's been censored. Oh, oh no, dear. Well, in, oh, what can I say? I don't know. I haven't done anything different from last time. Now, that is strange. So... We're going to have to um, drop it, I'm afraid, yes. We may have to drop the cat flushing the toilet. I'm very sorry um, about this. Maybe it will come back uh, next time. I don't know. So my apologies to Cameron um, and all other fans of uh, cat flushing the toilet. But um, we have a few technical issues here on The Hysteria Continues. So while we try and sort those out, we shall play <laughs> Eric's number two. Hey, hey, hey. discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live, inside, where no one can see it, or hear it, or feel it. I know I'm human. 
Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. If it takes us over, then it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. Abrupt. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's um, the John Carpenter's remake of The Thing from Another World, just called The Thing this time. Um, of course, the story of an alien that crash lands in the Arctic. Uh, when he thaws out, he goes on a rampage. He, I call him he, it should be it really. Um, and he can sort of mimic human form and he starts infecting each member of this Arctic expi- ex- or scientific outpost team of people. Um, now this is a film that I wasn't mad on when I saw it first. Um, I, I enjoyed the special effects, obviously, but uh, otherwise I just found it a bit dull in between the sort of monster sequences. Uh, I've done a complete 180 on that ever since. I think the turning point was when I finally got to see it in widescreen when it came out on DVD in the late, late 90s. Uh, I really began to appreciate it. And if there's if there is a one filmmaker's work that you need to see in its original form, it's John Carpenter's work. Um, there's such a difference between seeing it pan and scan on VHS and seeing it in a sort of pristine widescreen print. Uh, and controversially, I would say that uh, The Thing is my favourite John Carpenter film, even more so than Halloween. <gasps> so, so, yeah, I know. Somebody get the smelling salts for Justin. Yeah, um, I have, a, I have a, another John Carpenter film that I like more than Halloween. Really? Oh, blasphemy. But I'll save that for blasphemy. later. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 packed with sort of tension, um, incredible special effects that I don't think have dated too badly at all, considering they're you know a lot of sort of rubbery '80s special effects look a bit hokey now, but I mean they do have a certain charm. But these ones I think look particularly good. I, what dates it more, I think, is that guy who goes around in his roller skates listening to a giant Walkman, um, <laughs> yeah. and that that sort of ancient computer that MacReady is playing chess on sort of dated have more heavily than the, the special effects do. Um, but I think it's terrific. There's the standout scene for me is, is not, doesn't even really involve the monster. It's where MacReady is testing everyone's blood to see if they, um, are the thing or not. And it's incredibly tense and really exciting and it culminates in a great shock effect. Um, yeah, I love, I've, I actually got to see this on the big screen about two years ago. The, the local multiplex were showing some, retro screenings, things like mm. the Blues Brothers and Ghostbusters, and this was one of them. And it had a brand new spanking 70mm print projected on one of the biggest screens in the multiplex, and it was just absolutely fantastic. Mm. Cool. Okay, what about you guys? Yeah. Nathan, you've presumed you've seen The Thing. Oh, I love it. I think yeah. it's an excellent movie. I didn't even think about it, or I might have picked it myself for the top three. Yeah, totally skipped over it. It's very, very great movie. It's my number four. I'll say it's my number four. Okay. Well, is this John Carpenter movie you like better? Are we allowed to say, are you allowed to say yes? Uh, it, it's Big Trouble in Little China. Mm. Oh, I like child, that movie too. Yeah. It's a childhood thing. Mm. See, mine's The Ward. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you see, I, well, I, I kind of half believe you, you know, going from your history. Your, you know. <laughs> I do like The Ward. I do. I think it's a good movie, but I, I don't like it more than Halloween. I just wanted to shock Justin for a second. Yeah. Justin, what do you think of Big Trouble in Little China? I don't mind it, but controversially, I although I like the thing, I find it a little bit dull. <gasps> so, 
Well, it's like harmonized gasps right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I don't mind it. I just, I, I like it, but I don't, I don't. Um, you just find I, it too scary because you're a girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I do remember my story about the thing is, is that the, the I, obviously I was too young to sit in the cinema, but um, because it was put out by a major studio, who put it out? Was it, um, I can't remember who. Universal. Universal, yeah. yeah. Is that they, um, I don't think it got cut on video when it came out, um, uh, you know, in the early 80s, well, 80, maybe 83. So it came out of cinema in 82, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and so, because all, all of the videos that were, you know, post the video nasty thing were coming out so cut that actually when you saw the thing, I mean, I remember at the time people were being so stunned by the special effects, but it was actually a box office failure, wasn't it, when it came out? Mm. It was it flopped. Um, and uh, I saw, I like it. I watch it, you know, probably watch it every couple of years. I don't, you know, don't dislike it, but I certainly wouldn't put it anywhere near Halloween for me personally. But, um, but how about the remake? Has anyone... Uh, hasn't opened here yet. Uh, it opens here on Friday, actually. Okay, yeah. I'm hearing mixed things. Some people say it's good, and some people mm. say it's too CGI heavy. So I don't know. I'll, I'll probably wait to. Uh, it seems from the from the trailer, it looks more like a remake than a pre. It's supposed to be a prequel, isn't it? It's yeah, but it looks remake, apparently it? it's like shot for shot almost. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just remake it. Because again, the funny thing is, it's um, it's a remake, isn't it? Of um, mm. the thing was a remake, obviously. You know, so some, but I haven't. Have you actually seen the thing from Another World? Uh, I have, yes. I have, yes, a long time ago. Yeah, I don't really have a huge fondness for those 50s movies, I have to say. It makes me sound really shallow, I know, but (laughs) I I don't either. I think I like them. I'm not crazy about them, but you know, every, you know, once or twice a year, I could watch a couple of them. But do you think it's that kind of our vintage, as it were? You know, because I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think the best fifties, best fifties. I think it's fifties. Is the uh, the the night of the demon with the demon at the end, the big demon at the end. Mm. That's great. Great. I think it's. I I mean, even I wasn't alive in the nineteen fifties. So, (laughs) so uh, I think it's something to be said. I mean, it also makes you think that people like the kids of today, you know, like the you know the you know ten year olds now who are growing up with interest in horror movies. Are they going to be looking back at '80s horror movies and just going? Yeah, true. Oh, I'm not particularly mm. interested in those because they don't do anything for me. Um, it's possible. I don't know. Um, but such such blandness around at the moment. It's going to uh, the '80s just seem like a haven. '70s and '80s seem like the you know f- for me anyway the the real the, the best of the best. But I think certainly at the time uh, during the nine, 1980s and the 1970s, I'm sure people who loved the 1950s horror movies were really outraged and annoyed at what was coming out because certainly mm. the old vintage Fancorias, Fancorias I've got um, the letters pages in the early 80s are going how horror's gone downhill and yeah. you know, films like Friday 13th for rubbish and not a patch on you know, the 1950s films <laughs> and now we're pretty much saying the same thing about films like Saw and Hostel exactly. and yeah. things like um, that nature yeah yeah, so it's just so, a cycle. It's just it's a your product of your own time. Absolutely. So what goes around comes around. But um, yeah. But uh, moving on to um, so other eighties uh, stuff. I think Nathan, you're going to be taking us in a slightly different direction, or certainly to a different continent. So here's Nathan's number two. Hold on. No, Joseph. I was going to do you next, wasn't I? Sorry. You need to play Clarence Williams there. Yes, I'm not. <laughs> Mitch, Mitch, please. I'm not that kind of doctor. Okay. I'm, now I'm going to. <laughs> now you can do Joseph. Now I'm going to do I Joseph. I do have a cute ass. <laughs> okay, here we go. In the 
dark of the night, something strange is going on. Joseph, All right. take it away. <laughs> For my money, Return of the Living Dead uh, is and always will be my all-time favorite zombie film. I'm not a huge zombie person, but for me, that movie just you know fires on all cylinders. It kind of mixes humor and horror like no one else's business. Uh, you know, equally horrific, equally hilarious. Uh, and I, I can really watch the trifecta of Clue, uh, Gulliger, Don Kalfa, and James Karen doing their modernized take on the Three Stooges for hours. Uh, the one thing that sets the film apart from many of its type is that it uh, pays as much attention to its broadly drawn characters as it does the zombies and the effects that drive them. So for that, I just kind of had to conclude that as my number two today. Okay. Well, I, I absolutely adore um, uh, Return of the Living Dead. I really yes. love it. It's, yeah. I, it's one of my favorite 80s films as well. I probably would have chosen it if you hadn't chosen it already, Joseph. Um and uh, yeah, I remember seeing it again. I can't remember if I saw it at the cinema, but I remember seeing it with friends, and we were so excited to um, go and see the sequel. Um, and that was a big mistake, as you can imagine. Oh yeah, I, I am. I actually don't mind the sequel. I, I love it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say I love it, but. I just think compared to the original, it was just yeah, kind of I just because I think actually um, the sequel was the second horror movie I saw at the cinema. The first one was Nightmare on Elm Street. 
and the sequel um i was well underage we got in, i think i've spoken about this before we got in um because we M- had M- 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 what <laughs> sequel Justin. the sequel the sequel was in 1988 and i happen to know what age you were in 1988 Oh Jeff no no no! That's saying, no what I'm you. saying is that it was the sequel was the first film that I got in legally to see. Um, oh sorry sorry. So sorry. It, so I uh, so when we went to see that the the only other horror film I'd seen eighteen or X Certificate was um, was Nightmare on Elm Street when I was underage and we we snuck in and so I think I saw Return of the Living Dead on video and then we were really excited to go and see the sequel at the cinema and then we saw it and then weren't very excited afterwards. So that's. That's what I have why, a I think. question for you, Justin. Mm. Did you like Return of the Living Dead because it has like a gothy character in it? And she's always talking about fantasizing about being killed. Well, she's not really gothy. I mean, she's kind of gothy in a kind of punky yeah, way. She, in, a, in, a, not, in a Susie kind of way. Not really, no. Because she wasn't, she never, she always like um, looked more to me like an American punk kind of, they were quite different to the UK punks. Um, but she yeah, was no, she was gothy. She was gothy, gothy-ish. But the goths in in the UK didn't look like that. But I think they probably did in but California. But they did. They did think like that, and they did dance around naked on gravestones, uh, fantasizing about being killed. And, then, and they talk about this. You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Yeah. Well, that's what I Justin just, said. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah that's as he waved his big hair in the breeze. Yeah. See, you have to. You have to we had to do this because we did this on Facebook, me and Eric. So we had to bring it out into the open. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd really relate to um, Linnea Quigley's character, Justin. Well, not. I mean, I must admit, I, had, I mean, I probably have in my time danced in um, naked, just apart from leg warmers on on the grave somewhere in my time. I don't remember. Maybe I did. Maybe I have. But um, I just liked the whole movie. I just thought mm. it's a, it a. Has anyone you know, seen fun. the new DVD More Brains? I got it there uh, mm. a few weeks back. It's no, the it's documentary. documentary. Yeah, it's I've done like. It's done like his name is Jason or um, Never Sleep Again. It's sort of a two-hour documentary just solely on the first film. And then it has some DVD extras discussing parts two and three. No, I'd love to see but, uh, that. No, it's really good. It's not as good as Never Sleep Again, but it's certainly well worth watching. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of bitchiness in it. Oh, was there? What, people bitching about each other? Yeah, there was a, well, the original effects guy was sacked um, mm. because they weren't happy with his work. And they, they say that and, you know... Quite Nathan and I have met most of the cast of Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, you've I mean, met Miguel Nunez bar, as well. Yeah, bar a few of them. I mean, we've met just about all of them, almost. Hmm. Yeah, and there's one who was a topless, who was a stripper, who got a role in it. Um, what was her name? She has some funny name. Oh, uh, she's one of the punks. She's got breast cancer now, isn't she? And she's... Um, Jewel Shepard? Yeah. Jewel Shepard, yeah, that's her, yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. got... So she's like been... A lot of people, yeah, they don't have a lot of nice things to say about her. Oh, really? Oh, she, okay. she was nice. She seemed nice to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, sounds sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. I have to have to um, purchase that. So. <laughs> no, I mean I will. I mean I'm surrounded okay, by good, DVDs. Good. I have the humongous DVD from and the Night School DVD DVD. So I'm not a friend of Baby Jesus. So I do spend my money um, mm. most of the time. So, okay, well, um, we are kind of, we're, we've gone past the hour mark, so we've been chatting for quite a while, about halfway through our top threes. Um, Nathan, shall we move on to you and move across the pond? Yes.
in case you were wondering, that was a recording of Joseph's last date, wasn't it? Yes, it was. <laughs> it went well. It lasted well. for a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Nathan, uh, what for, does, it doesn't actually tell us what film that was, so if you want to... No, that is uh, Demons Part 2, mm-hmm. um, featuring a lot of growling and roaring, as I'm sure you can uh, tell from that trailer. Mm. Uh, now don't get me wrong, I love the first Demons. I think it's awesome, but there's just something about the sequel. I love the fact that it's set in a high-rise apartment building, and you know, uh, there's a huge, wide variety of characters getting picked off by these demons. And I mean, and, and of course, you know, Bobby Rhodes makes another appearance as the the trainer in the gym, and he is amazing in this movie. I love how he takes charge. Um, I just wish he'd survive. Um, and I don't know. I think it's just a really entertaining, gory, fun movie. And it's like once the action gets started, it doesn't let up until the end. So it, I could never say that this movie's boring because it's the furthest thing from boring, in my opinion. And of course, it's got Sally in it, who I adore. I mean, she's hilarious with her uh, little temper tantrum at her party. I think Eric's better at quoting that than I am, though. <laughs> she's fantastic, isn't she? She's like, well, yes. Jacob, can you advise them here? Why don't you just leave then? Why don't you just leave? <laughs> wow, it's uncanny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, Demons. What do you guys think of the sequel? Love it. Really great yeah. fun. It's coming out on um, DVD or Blu ray, I think, isn't it? I think Arrow are going to be putting yeah. both of them on Blu ray. Oh, yeah, I'm um, going to buy it. Yeah, I so. still think the first film is a little better, but I do love the sequel. The sequel's as cheesier, long as you like isn't it? it? The sequel is what? Sorry, cheesier. It's much oh, cheesier yeah, than cheesier, the, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, think, it's hard to be cheesier than Demons, but Demons Two manages it. It does manage okay. it. What I really like about because um, I a lot of the eighties um, Italian movies, the mid to late eighties Italian movies, you know, they kind of drowned themselves out with heavy metal, which. I sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. And it kind of works quite well, actually, in Demons. It didn't work in opera, I didn't think, D'Aragento's opera. But in the sequel to Demons, they actually took a completely different route, didn't they? And um, went with kind of like, well, gothy, a kind of gothy... And new, they have the, the Smiths are in there at Sally's party, playing yeah. about Panic. Yeah, which is saying, great, yeah. which is a very witty kind of mm. um, thing. But I think it's, um, was it Dead Can Dance and... Um, oh, love Dead Can Dance. Yeah, and the cult rain, and you know, it's it's actually mm. the music's used in quite a um, witty way um, in the sequel, which I thought was quite you know unusual, really. For I think those movies spend a lot of their budget on getting the soundtracks because mm. they have like you know massive soundtracks mm. yeah. and the effects. Yeah, yes, yeah, like the demon. Was it a demon little boy? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yes. and uh, our friend Tracy from Body Count is in Demons too. Oh, is she Na- Nancy oh, yeah, really? She plays girl. the pregnant. She plays the pregnant lady, isn't it? Well, yeah. then why didn't she say something when she called in? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe she didn't know we'd be talking about it. Maybe yeah, she'll call she in again. Well, if you're listening, mm-hmm. please call in again. Because we've only yes. got one call this week. Yes, so we Tracy. need more calls. Call in yeah. again, Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. <laughs> in air quotes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Nathan. Oh, yeah. That was funny. <laughs> All right, well, here's, um, I do apologise again for um, the technical difficulties which are keeping the cat away from the toilet, but. Um, I don't know what it is, so and I can't do anything about it at the moment, but um, maybe in post-production I can do something. But uh, anyway, here's my big number two. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the 6 to 12 minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. 
It was dead. But lately, they're getting on his And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? You? 15 cc's of reagent being administered. Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. Dead? Not anymore. Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head? Get a job in a sideshow. It will scare you to pieces. Okay, and that was uh, Reanimator um, from 1985. Uh, yeah, it was, again, it's one of my favourite um, uh, mid-80s horror movies, um, directed by Stuart Gordon. Uh, it's. I watched it again recently, um, and it's still just an enormous amount of fun. Um, it's again. It's it kind of uh, that perfect balance, which it, they seem to be able to do in the eighties of fun and gore, and you know it was slightly tongue in cheek, but done with a straight face. Um, not really. Not there's not kind of mean spiritedness to it at all. It's kind of um, you know it's just fun, fun, fun all the way. It's about as much fun as you can have with lots of corpses and headless kind of lingus and you know all those kind of things but uh certainly in the uk when it came out on video it was cut very heavily it was probably cut to the cinemas actually um i i know i'm pretty sure the i know you don't actually see the kind of the the naked um the severed head um kind of lingus of barbara crampton but you certainly implied and i think that was cut out um in the uk release so i know it got like a uncut um, release in the states when it was on on um, at the cinema unrated and probably on video as well but when i actually got to see it um for the first time even though it's cut that it's still a good enough movie to, for me to really enjoy it uh and then of course now well within the last 10 years or so of actually seeing it uncut um i mean it's just it's just brilliant you know i just really love it it's, again it's one of those 80s movies that i can come back to you know year on year um, you know, not exactly watching the loop, but um, every time I watch it, I get a kick out of it. So, yes, that's me and Reanimator. And I presume, is there any dissenting voices? I presume you'll quite enjoy it. Well, I love it. Yeah. Actually seen it all the way yeah. through. Yeah. yeah. So, have any of you? Did somebody say they've never seen it all the way through? Yeah, I did. Really? Oh. What? <sighs> I'm serious. I haven't seen it all the way through. I've only seen the last half, which I liked. Wow, gosh. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, and Justin, getting back to your... Well, just gloss over that point. Getting back to... I always, I never thought it was cut on, on VHS over here. Mm. Now, yeah. I, I can't be sure. I just remember it thinking it was really, really gory uh, at the time. 
but obviously think, it must have been cut. I think there were things like, you know, the exploding eyes at the beginning, that wasn't yeah. in there, and there was quite a few, um, the drill bit coming out of the, the zombie um, mm. that wasn't in there, and uh, there were various bits and pieces. I think it was still very gory, because if you, I kind of guess it's one of those films, if you cut out all the blood, you would have a half an hour movie, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, so, but I think they did cut out um, quite a lot of bits and pieces. I mean, maybe it's my mind playing tricks on me, but I mean, this came yeah, out. It's probably more my mind playing tricks on me because I went through a long phase of never. I'm not seeing it from the late '80s to maybe when I got it on DVD about right. ten years ago. Yeah. So it was probably that. Mm. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well, um, Nathan, that's your homework. Hopefully, maybe you do one of your film evenings. Watch Reanimator all the way through. Oh uh, yes, I will. Yeah. Excellent. Good. Good boy, good boy. Okay, well, let's go on to <laughs> our <laughs> let's go on to our number ones. Um, and Eric, I yes, think, um, here's the big boys getting the big bo- getting the uh, the big boys out of the way, as it were. And um, I, I, matron, yeah, I'm sorry. Matron, I, well, I should. I'm not that kind of doctor. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I that the, wasn't intentional, the whistle, but the it, slide you know, what can I do? What can I do? Anyway, here we go. This is Eric's top 80s horror that isn't a slasher is number one i have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods and i have no doubt that whatever i have resurrected is sure to come calling for me on the wrong side of the grave. Evil Dead from New Line Cinema. Starts Friday at these theaters. Check your newspaper for times. Okay. Yes, that's of course that's a TV spot. Uh, in, in case you're wondering why the <laughs> voice comes in abruptly at the end, uh, for the Evil Dead, which is Sam Raimi's 1982 debut film, um, very cliched story. It's five kids in a cabin, four of which become possessed by a demonic force in the woods, uh, leaving poor Ash, played by Bruce Campbell, to uh, fight his way to uh, daybreak, hopefully, and escape. Um, this was the first. VHS I ever rented. It was the second horror film I ever saw, the first being Halloween 2. So I've got huge nostalgic ties to The Evil Dead. But I mean, nostalgic ties aside, I still think it's a terrific film. Um, I watched it last night, lying in bed, eating a bag of crisps. Uh, It still holds up, even though I've seen it about 400 times at this stage. Um, It was one that came with a huge reputation. Uh, I saw this in about 1987, 88. Uh, I remember my sister and her friends discussing it a few years before. And it sounded like the most amazing film ever. Uh, And it certainly lived up to its hype, even though what I saw was a slightly cut version. It wasn't the hideously cut version that came out a few years later in the UK. This was missing maybe about a minute of footage that uh, I never actually got to see until it came out in DVD in the late 90s. But um, it's the ultimate case of style over substance, because there really is no plot and no characters to speak of in the film. And... Um, you know, imagine that the script was fairly sparse, which is probably why Sam Raimi had to do a trial movie called Within the Woods to try and get investors interested, because if he was doing it on the script alone, there probably would be nothing there. I mean, the script, I'd say, was 20 pages, and a lot of it was just descriptions of, you know, heads melting and eyeballs being popped and things like that. Uh, I love its rough-around-the-edges feel. I know probably a, a new audience to it, a modern audience, probably wouldn't be able to appreciate the rubbery, fake gore and all that, but I think it's exhilarating. Um, it's exciting, it's pulsating, it's non-stop. I mean, it does, it does take a little bit of time, not a huge amount of time to get going. Um, there's the first 15, 20 minutes and then it just keeps going and going until the end and it, it's quite um, an astonishing feat for a film with so little plot to be so 
uh, unrelentingly, unrelentingly entertaining from start to finish. Um, it's filmmaking masterclass, in my opinion, and should be taught in schools. Mm. Well, mm. Eric, you know you told said I couldn't um, have uh, zombie flesh eaters. Well, yeah. technically, The Evil Dead is a movie from the 1970s, isn't it? Well, it was started filming in December 1979 and finished yeah. principal photography in January of 1980. Wow, and then there was another year movie. and a half or so of inserts being shot and was not released until 1982. So, up yours. I'll let you off. I'll let you off. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Well, I, I, imagine, I imagine... Now, if I go and do some research, Zombie Holocaust was 1980. <laughs> I imagine that principal photography for that was probably 1979 as well. I very much doubt it, Eric. I very much do not doubt it. <laughs> Catfight. Catfight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Susie, uh, Susie's wonderful toy is crap. Anyway. Sorry? So, no, nothing. Um, you have to play it back. You have to play it back, <laughs> won't you? So, I hate um, you. You hate me? <gasps> yeah, I hate got, you as I've, much as Sally hates Jacob. I've got that. I've got this. So if I end up dead then we've got this on tape. You'll be fingered <laughs> by the long arm of the law. Yeah. Do you know what it's like? You're like Judd Nelson in The Breakfast Mitch, Club. Mitch, please, I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> Sorry, You're like Judd Nelson in The Breakfast Club to my Molly Ringwald. You're just being mean to me because you want to shag me. <laughs> <laughs> enough of your ring, thank you. Ring Sorry, enough of my what? Enough of your Ringwald. Um, <laughs> one thing I was going to say about the Evil Dead, um, just getting back on topic... Yes. That, Justin, um, are you a virgin? I, am I a virgin? No, and I have Never just mind. watched The Breakfast Club, actually, so I know... Um, I know so you the understand the reference. Yeah. I do, yes. Answer the question, Justin. Yeah. I'm not. I'm question. going to It's, easy. it's tell, only one question. I'm going to tell an interesting anecdote from um, the extras from The Evil Dead, because I just bought the Blu-ray for four quid, Um and one of the weird things, actually, with the, the Evil Dead is that because um, when it got really good release, because it was one of those films that got copied and copied, and people saw it on like nth generation video, and it actually added to it because a lot of the special effects are quite hokey now. Like you can see up the the sleeve of the demons, and you can see inside their mouths are kind of they're all covered in gore and stuff, but their mouths are perfect. You can see tubes like pumping that. blood and things, yeah. Exactly. And so so but the um so when you actually saw it on really crappy video, it actually looked more scary because it looked more real in some ways. But the thing that made me laugh, um, they did um the it was I think the documentary was from maybe six or seven years ago and they spoke to the ladies of the Evil Dead who do a lot of the um conventions. And is it Eileen Sandwis or something Ellen Ellen Sandwis. Yeah. Um and she said, you know, because she's in the, fa- in the famous scene where she gets raped by the trees. Mm. And um, she was saying, and I don't know if you saw it in the extras, Eric, but she said um, she didn't know they were going to stick, um, literally stick a stick up her vagina. Well, not up her vagina, but slightly between her legs. Mm. And she said, um, I didn't know they were going to do that. They did that in post-production. And I can't believe that um, they won. They would have had the money to do that in post-production. Can you believe that? You know the show. No, I, I can't because it's just after that scene. You see her writhing as if she's enjoying it. Yeah, as and well. Also, so have, they couldn't have done that, could they? I mean, I, I just think it. But I think maybe she's just a bit embarrassed. You know. Yeah, because she did. She went into kind of exile for a while after the film, and she's right. only reemerged recently-ish in like in the last ten years. Yeah. Mm. Right. Well, say so we almost came to blows um, over that. So. <laughs> so uh, she signed yeah. my autograph, Nathan, stay out of the woods. Oh, did she? Did she? Ellen, oh. Sandwise. Mm-hmm. Ellen, yeah. Well, in case you get a um, a stick to your never regions. She knows what yeah. she's talking about. I, I don't want that, you know, because of splinters. 
Exactly. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants Never. to get uh, that kind of word to do they? Can I just add one thing? When I watched The yeah. Evil Dead first as a 14-year-old, I found it really, really terrifying. And I was watching it with my dad and he was laughing. And I couldn't right. understand why. Yeah. That's how naive I was. Yeah, I still think it's quite scary. There's bits in it uh, I think are, are really scary. And of course, it's, it's, you know, it's scary in itself how many of these films have either been remade or are in the process because obviously The Evil Dead is the next one yeah. on, the, um, uh, on the kind of the remake train, isn't it? And I don't yeah. think they've got an Ash character in the remake. I think They're not doing head. an Ash character. No. Mm. Because so, uh, apparently it's all new characters from what I hear. It's yeah, be shy, isn't it? Straight from Beverly Hills, I'd say. And, yeah. I'd rather them not because you know, in their Jimmy Choo's. This character's so iconic, no one could really, you know, pull yes. that off. So yeah. it's better that they just leave it alone. <laughs> so it'd be yeah, almost so, like having somebody off. else play Freddy Krueger, you know? I know. <gasps> yes. Yes. I hope that never that. happens. Still or if somebody else played that. Jason. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Myers. It'd be weird to have somebody different play Jason. I know that would be <laughs> so weird. <laughs> Right. Okay. Well, um, are we evil deaded out? Shall we go on to Joseph's big one? Yes. Here we go. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the theater of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2. Evil Dead. Take it away, Joseph. Yeah, you thought you thought you were Evil Dead at all, but apparently not. Uh, many would really say that it's blasphemous to pick Evil Dead 2 over the original film, but not only is this my favorite non-slasher film today, it's my favorite horror film in general. Uh, I have a real, real history with this movie, starting back to when it was first released to uh, clunky VHS uh, back in 87 or 88, I believe it was. Uh, watching it with my family and a friend of my father's in particular who got a royal kick out of it and uh, the both of them did their darndest to kind of reenact many of Bruce Campbell's mannerisms uh, in an attempt to be, you know, humorous. So that always stuck with me. But, um, you know, I think I rented this film 50 times in the first two years of its release. And it's one of those rare horror comedies that, you know, gets both genres right. Uh, it's really over the top, but at the same time, it's, you know, hor it's horrific. And I, I especially love that it ends on a predestination uh, paradox time travel cliche. I, I never really tire of this movie. And in fact, I may watch it again tonight. And that is my number one. Great. Okay. Nathan, you've seen this, haven't you? Presumably. I think that Evil Dead 2 is an amazing film, but I'm always going to prefer the first one. Okay. 
Mm. What about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd be with Nathan on that. Uh, as much as I love Evil Dead 2, I think it's uh, completely fantastic. I, I, I think the first one slightly edges it, but um, I completely understand why Evil Dead 2 would be Joseph's favourite film of all time. Well, it's just, it's so, it's just unrelentingly entertaining, as I said about Evil yeah. Dead. I mean, it's the same. Just it, the fact that it focuses slightly more on comedy than horror uh, would be probably why I prefer the first one. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, same here. I saw, I, I did see this in the cinema, and I remember it having, um, having the audience uh, really into it, and especially the scene where the head gets stamped on and the eyeball flies out. Yeah, love that scene. Mouth. And I just remember the whole audience just erupted in screams and laughter, and, uh, you know, it's, that kind of memory sticks with me. I haven't actually seen The Evil Dead for a long time, actually. I'm trying to... Evil Dead 2, sorry, um, for quite a while. I don't own it, even, so I need to... Is there a good um, version out? Well, it's just oh, been released... so on, many versions out. Yeah, I couldn't it's just been released on a be. really good Blu-ray edition, but it's uh, region-locked in the States. Oh, right, OK. Well, I've got, I've got Anchor Bay's... Um, it, came out and it came in a special tin, like a little biscuit tin. Hmm. And it's it's really good. It's got a great documentary, a great um, commentary track on it as well. Okay, okay. And so you can put your jammy dodgers in there while you're watching. You it could, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you <What>? could. Well, <laughs> well, well, you could. Um, I'm just just suggesting. I don't know. Or you, yeah. you know, a little finger of fudge or something. I don't know. Yeah, what, I could you, put my half knives in. There. What? Yeah. You get, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a ma- it calls for a matron. Well, yeah. it does, but in the UK there was there used to be an advert. I would play it on YouTube, um, and it says, "What? How did it go? Do you remember?" It? A finger of fudge is just, just enough, enough to give to your keep. kids a treat. Yes. Ew. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> please. I'm not that kind of doctor. So, yeah, um, no, are... I do believe though. Just before we get off the topic, yeah. that Evil Dead is the best party horror movie you can get. Evil Dead One or Two. Mm. If there's a, a party gathering of people and they want to throw in a horror film. It's the perfect, you know, one because it's just fu- it's just fun and doesn't even, require any burden. You know, even Army of Darkness is still good. I think it's the the lesser of the three. It's but definitely it's the lesser good. of the three. I remember being bitterly disappointed with Army of Darkness when it came out, but, but it, has grown, like- it has grown. It has grown on me a bit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. I haven't seen that in a long time. The Army I like it less the more I see it. Oh, really? Sure I loved it, it when I was young. You know, like all the humor and everything was hilarious to me. But just watching it now. It seems really, I don't know, hokey and kind of corny to me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm not even sure if I've seen um, Army of Darkness or not seen all what? of it. What? Did you see, um, did we all see Drag Me to Hell? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it had a real Evil Dead 2 vibe, I thought, mm. particularly yeah. in the seance sequence. That's really, as close as we're going to get to a real Evil Dead sequel, if you ask yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that film, uh, Drag Me to Hell. I thought it was really oh, good. Oh, I loved film. it. I've got the blue ray. Yeah. And it's going to film my show. It's one of those kind of films I show to guests who don't really like horror movies because it's a fun horror movie. Because mm. I've got a friend, um, she comes around, she's lovely, but she kind of, she's, she basically says, I don't want to see any film that women get hurt in. And it's just like, hmm, that makes it slightly difficult on the Halloween yes. party thing. So, <laughs> so but, um, but yeah, I think it's, it's just, that was kind of treads the line that was okay. I did make the, mis- the mistake of watching some Jalo, I think it was Eyeball once, where. Some the woman gets stabbed in the breast and has her throat cut, and that probably wasn't oh, the best. Um, don't watch I Spit on Your Grave with her or anything like that either. No, no I won't. So, okay, well, that was, um, we're almost, um, uh, to, well, up to the last two. We've got Nathan. Here's, here's your number one. What was that? 
First, there was the invasion of the body snatchers. Then there was Alien. Now there is the deadly spawn. It began with a meteor crashing to Earth. No one knew the mystery of the mutant spores it contained. Now they are free. They will grow and reproduce rapidly, eating anything and anyone in their path. The deadly spawn, the nightmare, is just beginning. no escape, nowhere to hide from being eaten alive. What the f*** was that? The deadly spawn. They just keep multiplying like demon seeds. The deadly spawn, extraterrestrial terror. They're full of surprises, and the best is yet to come. Let me go! Can anything stop these strange creatures? The movie real science fiction fans have been waiting for. The Deadly Spawn wants you to see them at this theater soon. They need every person they can get. New from 21st Century Distribution. Rated R. Okay, Nathan, tell us why you uh, love The Deadly Spawn. Oh, The Deadly Spawn is just one of my favorites. I think it's an amazing uh, film, especially, you know, knowing that they had such a small budget um, and they made the most out of it. You know, obviously, it's it's just like a, a giant alien giving birth to all these, like, small little alien creatures, and they start infesting this house, and they spread out into the town. Uh, there's an awesome scene where the aliens crash these old ladies having a vegetarian luncheon. And that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, actually. And I don't know, like, it's got um, some really likable characters. And uh, the little kid hero in it is, like, very likable, too. And usually I find kids to be very obnoxious in uh, movies. But this kid is not obnoxious at all. You know, he's actually a, a pretty relatable, likable kid. So... Uh, excellent movie. I love it. You know, the Deadly Spawn kind of reminds me of a more grisly version of uh, the Monster Squad because it has that kid who knows about horror films and knows how to destroy monsters and things, but it's, you know, obviously more gory and more adult-oriented. That's true. Mm. And wasn't it, um, it was kind of real labor of love, wasn't it? Because it wasn't it made over a few years? Yeah, you can oh, see, yeah. actually, you can see the, the boy aging between scenes. Mm. 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 That's and great. I, I mean, listened to the commentary, and they had so many, you know, uh, problems, you know, uh, mm. trying to make that movie. But mm. I think they overcame them and made a pretty good movie. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's great. I mean, it's um, it's a real kind of like say labor of love, and um, I haven't seen it for a few years. But the um, considering it was kind of made pretty much in a basement, wasn't it? Or it was um, with no budget. I mean, it, it looks really good, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's kind of a perfect... Because um, I think a lot of the 80s um, films were kind of taking the 50s stuff, wasn't it? And doing, giving a kind of a, a new spin on it. A lot of the films we've chosen, actually, um, are taking classic kind of horror, sci-fi, or most, you know, horror stuff. Um, so I've got, um, got fact. None of the creeps did that, that, that kind of tone like that, you yeah. know, yeah. taking the 50s yeah. cliche and kind of modernizing it for 80s audiences. Yeah, because this is, you know, it's obviously the uh, the cliche, the 50s cliche of the aliens coming to Earth, isn't it? Crash landing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's great, you know, somebody to with so little money to have such a vision and for it to work out. Because, I mean, God knows that that's not always the case, is it? Um, as we all find out with the <laughs> yeah, slumber party. <laughs> but um, we won't get ahead of ourselves. Um, anything else you want to add to that, Nathan? Just one thing I love about it is it's one of those movies where you think you can predict who will survive and who will die by the movie's end, but some of the deaths and some of the survivors will surprise you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. If you haven't seen it, um, check it out because it is a it's um, a fun movie. So no, I also you, like the trailer. It was narrated by uh, Don LaFontaine. I love that guy. We okay. always talk about his voice over the trailers. Yeah, yeah. It was him. Cool, excellent. Right, <laughs> okay. Well, good choices, everyone. Um, I'm just going to finish with my big number one. This is the story of two young American students traveling through England on the night of the full moon. What was it? Could be a lot of things. Fate let one live. A lunatic must have been a very fierce fellow. Wasn't a lunatic. What? A wolf. Oh, be serious, would you? And now everything is changing. 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 John Landis, the brilliant young director of Animal House and the Blues Brothers, has turned a classic tale of terror into something new. Something different. Excuse me. A naked American man stole my blues. I'm a werewolf. Yes, that was John Landis's American Wealth in London, um, my number one. It's um, We talked a lot about um, horror comedies and what works and what doesn't work, and I think um, American Wealth in London is kind of, for me, it's the best example of the com- horror comedy um, where it's funny, um, uh, the comedy works, but it does in no way um, outweighs the horror, and in fact the horror is pretty horrific um, and done very well, but also it's a film with a lot of fun about it. Um, and I think the balance, I, it's, it seems like people have lost the ability to um, have that kind of balance in horror films now. Because um, a lot of, maybe half of the films we talked about so far um, had that balance, that perfect balance. And I think it's just John Landis just gets it so well in this. Um, you know, David Norton is, is really likeable, and so is Jenny Agata. Um, special effects were incredible. And I remember watching this playing... Um, 
hooky from or you know bunking off school um, watching it with friends in the early 80s on video and um you know being amazed by the special effects and i i love the howling and i think it's kind of you know i it's kind of i would say it, american whale for london pips the howling at the post for me um for and sheer entertainment um value and i i just love it um i especially love the um the sequence in the underground in london and if you watch very carefully um in it just as the the man starts getting chased by the werewolf there's a promenade poster on the wall um on double bill with love at first bite which is a very bizarre double bill but i have actually seen that poster so i know it was actually on a double bill with um uh, that comedy and prom night but um but yeah i you know i love it and i love the whole you know john landis just gets um london and britain so well you know a lot of people don't really get you know if you like if a, Brit a british person goes to america they might you know um just use loads of cliches um, and the same if, if an American comes to to Britain, they may not understand the culture. But certainly, if that whole you know that the the grubby porno cinema with like the "See You Next Tuesday," which is obviously, obviously "See You Next Tuesday," is kind of like you know um, spells like an acronym. An acronym. That's mm -hmm. what I'm yeah. looking for. So, um, and obviously, maybe I should for our more delicate listeners put do a little, <laughs> but. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I love that. And then the, the whole thing of he gets the um, the seventies sex film, uh, the British sex film, with really bad actors, and you know, it gets all that just perfect. Uh, I, yeah, I just really liked it. It's it's a good, good fun film. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, it I think it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, hmm. have you I seen the um, two thousand three at Horrifying? He was a really nice guy. Oh, see, okay. nobody yeah. was talking to him. Yeah, he was just sitting over really? by himself. No one was at his table. I, was, I went over and you know introduced myself. He was a really nice guy. Yeah, oh, that's surprising, isn't it? I think um, sometimes I think American Wealth in London kind of gets overlooked a little bit. I mean, although it's still a very very popular film, it's almost mm -hmm. too mainstream in some ways for a lot of horror fans. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but I, I it, it does seem to get overlooked in some ways for a, for a very mainstream film. But um, yeah. Yeah, have you seen the documentary Beware the Moon that kept that uh some it was started by some kid in as a university project and mm. uh Universal liked it so much that they commissioned him to stretch it out to a 90 minute thing and they they um uh, released it theatrically at horror festivals and then put it onto the Blu-ray of American Werewolf and it's really good. Oh, because I've got I've got the um the DVD version of it. I'll have to get the Blu-ray. Um because mm. I got the old um uh Maybe it's twenty fifth or twentieth anniversary yeah. DVD release, but is it worth upgrading to the Blu Ray? Is it? Uh, I would say so, yeah, because the documentary is ninety minutes, so yeah, it's really, yeah, really okay. good. It's probably get it quite. Cheap I, I'd, I'd well. say you could get it quite cheap because the like the Blu Ray's been out for about two years now, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll an eye out for that. How about you, Nathan? Do you like it? Oh, I love American Werewolf in London. Mm. I think it's an excellent movie, and I love the use of Blue Moon in the soundtrack. Yeah, that's great, mm. isn't it? And sort of Bad Moon. Is it Bad Moon Rising? Um, yeah yeah and all those kind of things and, i mean the other thing is again it's a film because you know they shows how they got, got it wrong after the 80s with american wealth in paris and that just complete misstep wasn't it um it was a know, terrible just, film yeah oh I've, I've seen worse films than that i've seen worse films but it's kind of it's when cgi was it's in yeah, infancy yeah. wasn't it and it kind of it just looks really fake now um mm -hmm. but if you compare, if we're going full circle and we're talking about, say, The Wolfman, um, you're talking about as a recently seen, and you compare it to American Wealth in London, and so what American Wealth in London does right, The Wolfman did completely wrong, wrong. didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
So, well, that concludes our top three 80s non-slashers. I mean, something you might return to, because I'm sure there's lots of others out there, um, you know, maybe guilty pleasure um, films that we've not talked about. But um, I think it's probably time. We're already, we were a little bit worried we wouldn't get ha- um, have enough to talk about The Last Slumber Party, because we'll talk about it in a second. Um, but um, it was very difficult to find information on it, but we're already almost an hour and 50 minutes. So we are... Uh, we are pushing the boundaries here so um without further ado um what we'll do is we will go into a feature presentation um i'll play the trailer for the last lumber party and afterwards uh nathan will lead us in summertime and the living is easy <laughs> three months of non-stop partying and we start to yeah. they just wanted to have a slumber party and a good time a few guys. Your ass wasn't so big. It wouldn't be such a problem. Oh, it's tight. Don't yourself. Oh, it's tight. And I'm stuck. Oh. Oh. Get a little high and have lots of fun. Do you have any drugs? You scared the hell out of me. What's the matter? <laughs> Tonight turns into a game of survival. As one by one, the kids end up dead. Lumber party where the girls are dying for a good time. On their last day of high school, Linda, Tracy, and Chris celebrate by having a slumber party at Linda's house. A few boys drop by, and the beer flows like wine. Just good, clean, fun loving kids. But the girls have another visitor, one they don't know about yet. Hiding in the house is a homicidal maniac who has just escaped from a mental hospital. Armed with a scalpel, the nut slashes a little here, a little there, as he sneaks from room to room. One by one, the guests start disappearing. What evil lurks there? What nightmare world have they entered? The plot is twisted inside out, leaving you stunned and clinging to your chair as you witness shock after horrifying shock. The ending will leave you breathless. And now, the blood flows like wine. Uh, the last slumber party I saw, um, uh, probably when I was like seven or eight years old, I was in the video store and I'd seen slumber party massacre part one and two. And I loved them. I mean, they were two of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and I saw the last slumber party and I mistakenly thought that it was part three in the slumber party massacre series. And I mean, the box was similar. You had like three girls, you know, in uh, like nightgowns uh, with a killer on the front. Um, <clears throat> and I took it home to watch it. And, you know, I for a long time, uh, I thought that it was part three. Uh, now, I've always loved this last slumber party, but I, I do admit, like, it's not a good movie. It's just to me, it's so bad. It's good. I mean, you have these three girls having a slumber party while their parents are home or the mom's home, which is a little weird to me. 
um, bad acting. And when I was watching it um, the other night, one character during the middle of the movie says, this is not fucking funny, and I'm not taking any more of this shit. And I pictured that being Justin, Eric, and Joseph's responses while watching this. I don't know if I was wrong, but you know, I kind of just pictured that probably sums up one of the feelings they had during this movie. Um, and Justin's review always makes me laugh, too, because I love the fact that he points out that the final girl actually snubs a victim. You know, a victim comes up behind her with their throat slit, and she just runs off and just leaves them there, you know. Like, she don't care. Like, whatever. See ya. Not just her, but it was, um, she snubs quite a few of them, doesn't she? She does. Her best oh, friend goes, get help. And she goes, yeah, whatever. And then sort of <laughs> toddles I love the fact else. that her dead friend comes back to life and says, get help. And she still rummages around in that house and right. wanders around. It makes no sense to me. And I also love the part where she actually opens the front door to run out and then instead chooses to run back into the house mm. when she knows the killer's in there. Yeah, she doesn't have a lot of brains. I got a lot more to say about it, but I think I'd like to hear from Eric. Um, okay. I watched this for the first time just after we did the last podcast, and it held my attention for about 10 minutes, and then I started doing my usual, you know, going on Facebook and looking at what offers Amazon had this week. Uh, so I gave it another whirl during the week. Uh, I was kind of with it maybe for about half an hour. It was making me chuckle, you know, how sort of stupid it was. But uh, I found it, it didn't really, uh, my attention didn't hold for the full 70 minutes, I have to say. I found it kind of a struggle to get through in one sitting, so I had to rewatch it. So in all, I've seen it three times since the last podcast, which I think is three times more than uh, a doctor would recommend. Um, Especially what I did, what I did, sorry? Especially one with a scalpel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do love the fact that the killer goes around with this wide-eyed lunatic, lunacy look that's really, really over the top. I mean, the actor, all he has to do, he doesn't have to speak. And half his face is covered by a sort of surgical mask. And yet he still is really, really inept in the role. Um, that's the director, <laughs> isn't it? So, sorry? <laughs> is that, it's actually played by the uh, director of the film. Is it? Yeah, Steven yes. Tyler. Yeah. Oh, from Aerosmith, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Not him. I mean, and it has it has like loads of what the fuck moments in it. I mean, a spoiler alert: there's the introduction of a second killer who appears and then is killed by the first killer, and it's never explained. Like it's explained, you know, we know who he is because he's introduced earlier in the film, but it's never explained why he's killing people. And uh, you know, it's just it just seems out of the blue. It seems like it's thrown in there to bump up running time or something. Mm. Um, I love all the jump scares as well that that fail to make anyone jump. Um, <laughs> There seems to be every two minutes somebody looks at an open window and somebody pops up. Either it's the killer or it's one of the boys wearing a scary mask. Um, you know, and there's they're sort of a... The person jumps up and then there's sort of a, a gap of about a second and then the girls scream. It's really, really, really um, media students in their first year, you know, out set, set off with a video camera to do a little project for their teacher. Sure. You know, that's what it feels like. Um, the score, I mean, there's a dream sequence in the middle of the film of, um, is it Chris is her name, where she's wandering around the yeah. house to this yeah. uh, music that goes, meow, meow. <laughs> it, sounds like a cat, it sounds like a cat, not flushing a toilet, but having somebody stepping on its tail or, or it's, or it's looking for some whiskers or something. Mm. Um, you know, I, I admire your enthusiasm for the film, 
Nathan. Um, I can kind of see where you're coming from because there there is a bit of fun to be had. Um, but I do find the film as a whole to be a bit dull. If it had been 30 minutes long, it probably would have been fun. But at 70 minutes, I found, and it has about six endings as well, which didn't appeal to me. I just wanted it to be over and done with. Also, yeah, that, that girl as well, she's, she's ridiculously stupid. Um, and I know that, uh, can I do another spoiler? Sure. Mm. I know that in the end, it's all a dream, which should really explain her stupidity. But, oh, I don't know. I think she'd really be that stupid, even if it wasn't a dream. I think, yeah. And her yes. voice, at times her voice reminds me of uh, Tracy from Body Count. Did anyone get no. that vibe off her? I think she was trying to impersonate um, the girls from Halloween, wasn't she? All three well, well, all three of them were. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her tone of voice is the same, whatever she's saying. She's like, What about you, Justin? Me? Well, you know my feelings on The Last Lumber Party, but yes. you may be surprised to hear I didn't love it. Um, but I, I, I watched it in a different frame of mind this time. I thought, it's fucking awful. Um, sorry, I'm not near the buzzer, so I'm not going to buzz it. You have to excuse that. But, um, but I'm going to watch it as it's a bad movie. I'm going to say, okay, I know it's a bad movie. I'm going to revel in the badness. And um, it, for the first half of it, two-thirds of it, I would say that I was enjoying it on that level. Um and the irony is the kind of ending with the um, with Chris, which is the kind of uh, the main girl who's who turns out to be the final girl, is so stupid. I mean, she's she's so stupid, and she does that that um, slash movie snub to both um, the mother and her best friend. Uh, the very fact that she's not leaving the house and she keeps them rummaging around in a drawer, even though there's patently a massive butcher knife right next to her someone the director said rummage around the drawer for two minutes while we film you rummaging even though the knife's right there um it, that that bit it was it's so flat she's got so little charisma i mean she is literally a plank walking um she she just kind of just kind of she drains she is like a sponge a psychic sponge she just takes everything out anything the good or any kind of thing and of course the very fact that the the killer is so uh i don't know he's just like not lethargic but he's just kind of he just sort of wanders around he's like he's like a the cleaning lady in the background sort of sort of doddering across the shot you know and she's walking <laughs> and the fact is she doesn't leave the house is so stupid it should be the the best bit of the movie but i kind of found the earlier stuff um was kind of more fun uh i mean what a couple of things i have to say is that um is that you know it sets the tone at the beginning because uh, it starts with like the classic thing of the the kids. Well, there's the, the blonde girl, isn't there? Who was that blonde girl when the killer pops up at the window? She screams. I don't know. And then yeah, because I thought Cause I, I, thought, I went back and rewatched it and I thought is that the blonde girl that appears later? And I was like, yeah, all confused because like <laughs> the Tracy's the blonde girl, isn't it? And then I think yeah. they mentioned Sarah, a Sarah, and then they don't mention it until like later on in the movie. And I was thinking, well, who was that girl? Because she looks very much like the um, the bottle blonde Tracy. Mm. Um, so that didn't make any sense. Uh, but I kind of, you know, the the, the fact at the beginning, um, there's the the classroom scene where you've got the teacher with a porn moustache saying to them, oh, how wonderful, you know, they've been as a class. And you've got this rock music playing over the top. 
so loudly that you have to really strain to hear what the cast are saying. Mm. Not that you particularly want to hear what they're saying, but you have to really strain. And it just you just think that kind of set the tone of like the um, thing. But actually watching the film slightly, slightly from a kind of a different angle this time, it's competently made in some ways. You know, there's some tracking shots and things going on in there. It's not, it's not oh. completely amateur hour, I didn't think. Um, but a couple of the other things that was obviously it's it's you know ripping off Halloween in a major major way probably quite knowingly I imagine because you've got the three girls and they swap around the characters a bit you've got the virginal girl where they have the slumber party I think it was um, what was her name I can't remember which one she was Linda but Linda that's right yeah. um, and then you have um, you know Chris and Tracy taking on the um, the Annie and the um, oh God, was, um, PJ Souls uh, character in Halloween. I mean, even even the, the the shots them walking, you know, across the schoolyard, you know, that that's completely ripped off. But what John Carpenter didn't do was make them homophobic assholes, and you know, the film's littered <laughs> yes. with you fag, you you, you queer, you know, this. Kind of he's such a homo. Yeah, the girls. Are, he's he's such a homo. He took the duvet, you know, and like these kind of things. It's, and it's it's so bizarre because the boys aren't homophobic, but the teenage girls are the really homophobic ones, and. The most homophobic one is the final girl. So it's a really bizarre kind mm. of um, way of doing all of that. And it kind of... You can have exactly... a drinking game. Every time she says the word queer, you'd probably be on the floor passed out. Well, exactly. She even calls her girlfriends that. Oh, yeah. Linda, don't the... be so queer. And they're the ones that get into bed together, don't they, the girls? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's kind of really bizarre kind of... Anyway, but it's... Um, I mean, a couple of things I'm going to come back to, but... Um, my favourite um, character probably was actually the, the father character, Dr. Sicker. Um, and he's such a bad actor, wasn't he? Incredibly yeah, bad. That's, that's a doctor I want. Yeah, I mean, there's a complete what-the-fuck moment where he gets a big, long conversation about buying orange juice. Yeah. That yeah, seems to go on for, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and then and he what's comes... funny is he says, uh, Mrs. Sickler uh, asked me to bring her some orange juice uh, on, the, on my way home. And he was on his way to the hospital. So yeah. he's going to buy the orange juice and I guess let it sit in the car while he goes to work and then come back home. But then and then like, I, I like he says something about, yeah, these something about these are not emergencies are pain, but, you know, um, uh, uh, what can you do? You know, it's obviously like they just, the director just rolled the camera and said, just talk. Exactly. <laughs> and he comes home, doesn't he, at the end, right at the end of the movie, without the orange juice, opens up the yeah. fridge and then pours himself a glass of orange juice. I know it's a dream, <laughs> but surely there's got to be some continuity. They even put the they even put the ladder outside, so they have that continuity that they kind of Well, kept that's out. all but still it, in the realms of the dream, so the the orange yeah, juice scenario yeah. was all a dream. Yeah, that's true. But I've got more to say, but um I'll, I'll take it back to you, Nathan. Oh, well, one thing I wanted to say uh before we get uh, to Joseph is when you mentioned the girl, the blonde at the beginning, Mm. Um, who he attacked, or I don't know if attacked is the right word, uh, word, he scared her. But she looks out of a second-story window, and then all of a sudden he's in her bedroom, and she's screaming. I mean, uh, did he, like, climb in through the window, like, with a ladder, and how did she not hear that? Uh, I, I realize that these are all questions that um, can't be answered, but that was just something else I thought was really funny. Yeah, and then she's outside. Then she's outside talking to the police, and he just waves a bloody scalpel at her, doesn't he? And goes bug-eyed and waves, and she screams. So he's quite a crap killer, really, isn't he? Yeah, because mm. she goes, "He ran away when I screamed." Well, I mean, when he goes to the slumber party, he doesn't run away when any of them scream. No. I don't know why he spared her. No. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Joseph, let's hear your negative opinions. 
<laughs> well, I, I promised you that I would be fair and set aside my feelings of watching this in the past. So, uh, you know, to allow it a fresh perspective. But uh, that being said, I've seen it twice recently, once for the film's sake and then again for obtaining all the audio clips for the show today. But uh, actually, the one thing I really like about The Last Slumber Party and... I'm going to be honest, I'm really scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Is uh, I like the idea that this uh, nutcase escapes from a mental asylum to basically you know, go kill his doctor. And at the same time, the doctor's obnoxious offspring or annoying friends are, uh, you know, they pretty much pissed off this guy at school, so there's a second killer. You know, they don't have anything to do with one another. They're totally independent of one another, and they just kind of have a run-in. Uh, I thought, you know... That's a really good idea. They should take an idea like that and apply it to, you know, a better film. But um, I'm sorry to say I really got no other joy out of watching The Last Summer Party. It's uh, it's not really oddball enough in a nail gun massacre sort of way to be, you know, considered quality entertainment. And the film's actual, you know, quality, you know, it shifts so violently from poor to, you know, utterly fucking incompetent. I started actually getting headaches trying to stay focused. Uh it really reminds me of Axum and how the quality and tone is so inconsistent. The characters are beyond annoying. There's absolutely no suspense. It's drab, uh, lifeless, flat, and it's a real chore to sit through. You know, at 70 minutes, it's it's really hard. You mean it's an endurance test. You know, like Eric said, if it were like 25, 30 minutes, it would be kind of mildly amusing. You know, but there's really no way in hell I could recommend this, even to the most diehard masochist out there. Sorry. Mm. Well, that's one Ooh, for the chase, isn't it? <laughs> I still love you, Last Slumber Party. You'll always have a number one fan in me. And oh. uh, my buddy Jeffrey Lee on Facebook, he's probably a bigger fan than I am. And Meep um, loves it as well, doesn't he? Huh? Meep loves it. Oh, I didn't know Does Meep he? loves it. That's I awesome, Meep. I love you even more now. Maybe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Meep, if I've, um, uh, you know... Besmirched your Tarnished his good name. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you I guys think Amanda think that, by Night uh, likes the film too? I'll have to ask Amanda. I don't know if she does or not. Mm. Uh, what did you guys think of the ending when Linda goes outside and the killer sneaks in? I mean, she turns around and is walking back to the house, and you can clearly see the killer sneaking in through the back door. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Thought, how did you not see that? Well, at that stage, I'd given up caring. <laughs> well, how, how did the killer get back to the, the hospital, kill the doctor in the lift? Then bring him back, put him in the pool. It was a dream. No, but that was after the oh, dream. Oh, what did you think? No, of the that, was, that was before the dream. Oh, was that before the dream? Okay, that was before the yeah. dream ended. Oh, yeah, because yeah. right. I was like that, going, "That's so stupid." Well, then she wakes up and is like, yeah, okay. "Okay, fair enough." The one thing I always want to know is at the very beginning when they're in class and they're basically waiting for their summer summer vacation to start. Uh, the boys are like, "Hey, science man, come over here." And they're like, they're like, watch this. And then, you know, science goes over the table. And they're like, hey, how you doing, science? And he's like, well, I look at my new watch. It's synced with the school. And they're all getting along chummy-chummy. And they're all happy that he's got this watch that will tell them when they're getting out of school. So why later in the film are they just so mean to him? I mean, I, I'm sure that's what sets him off. But why are they so, like... I don't get it. You know, they're they're really nice to him at, at the beginning. You know, you know, he says, "Hey, science, come over here. I'm gonna we're gonna make fun of him." But then they don't. But then later they actually do. It's really inconsistent. Well, they were using him for his watch. Yeah, but they yeah. seemed genuinely happy that you know he had this thing. They weren't like saying, "Oh, thanks for telling us, get out of here." They actually, okay. you know, seemed to like him sitting at their table. Because if they'd done it like a slaughter high kind of way, where they were really mean to him, the whole class was mean to him. You could understand it, couldn't you? But um, yeah, like you say, they I can't tell if they liked him or if they just, you know, if they just disliked him. 
so I wasn't sure why he was killing. I mean, I like the idea, you know, of being mm. two killers that don't know about one another, but I don't know. It just didn't make that's, much sense. That's the, the film's one good thing, apart from the only other thing is is the kind of mixing up the final girls, because you think Linda's going to be the final girl, don't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, yeah. they pick yeah. the most annoying person to be the final girl mm. in the world. And she's got yes. such a bitchy face. No, as well, no, she? she's not as annoying as the new Laurie in the Halloween. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you this. The last slumber party is better than both Rob Zombie movies. Yes, a hundred percent agree. What did y'all think of the throat slitting in the elevator? I love the fact that you don't see any blood until that scalpel's almost all the way across this guy's throat. Yeah, it's and like the blood they forgot to squeeze the, the end. Pump. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that's the sum. That's the sum. I was going to have to come on to special effects because there are the special effects run to a joke shop scalpel, don't they? Which they pump blood mm. with the hands and the blood trickles down the neck. There's. I'll tell you another scene I liked. Um, sorry, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I, didn't, I thought you were done. Are you done? Well, I'm no, I'm, no, no. Carry on. No, I am. But I was just pausing. Oh, I, I heard like a lull. I don't know. Maybe it was my phone or something. But uh, no, no, don't worry. Are you done? Don't worry. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to say another scene I liked um, I, I couldn't really understand what was going on is when the girl catches the bus and the and the guy's like asleep on the on the park bench oh is yeah I thought he was dead yeah, yeah. Well, he's like he asleep just so he wouldn't see the killer sneak up on him or something like that yeah well my assumption was when she, she got to the bus there. yeah and she just stands there and you know lets him you know do away with it when she goes and then the guy wakes something. up and he's like oh uh, is the bus here what's going on what time is it and then he gets his throat slit well, that's the thing is, she turns around, she sees the mental patient that she knows should be in the bed with a scalpel about to kill her, and she goes, What are you doing? You know, like it's kind of like as if she's going, <laughs> as if he's kind of bumped into her or kind of, you know, sort of knocked her shopping over. Mm. Rather than, you know, so it's, but there you go. Yeah. Um, one Can thing I, I did ask, notice um, is from, sorry, gone. What was the whole? Uh, I, I, I think I missed something, but why were there two telephones in the bathroom at one stage? Yeah. Well, and what did that have to do with anything? I like the way what happens with Chris. Marines, she goes, shit, and then grabs yeah, the like, other one. Do they, do they have different lines in this house? They must have, like different telephone numbers. Well, they did, because they said um, earlier, um, they said, uh, one of the girls said, you know, why was your mother so pissy? And she said, you phoned, you phoned her line. Oh. So, but well, not that really. Oh, la dee da! Two yeah, telephone lines. Well, it doesn't make any sense because I always wondered that scene serves no purpose because she picks it up and she makes like smart ass comments and then finds out it's the dad. Then she hangs up on him and then goes into the bedroom and goes, "Oh, it was your dad. I feel like an asshole. I thought it was Tommy." I mean, but what was the point of all that? No, I think it was just padding. <laughs> I know. And also, the I love the bit where um, she's just discovered um, all her friends dead, all the boys dead, and then she goes into the bathroom, the shower's on, she pulls back the shower curtain, and she spends about five minutes looking at the shower and the water <laughs> going down into the bathtub, back up and down, as if she's going, oh, it's really wasting water, this place. Oh, I don't, you know, <laughs> like, she's worried about the wasting the water rather than the fact that all her friends are dead. Yeah. What I want to know is, go ahead. Sorry, I just want, what I want to know is it, the film is obviously set in 1987. Was that when it was made? Yeah, that's yeah. well. Then yeah. Why, 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 why does Linda have on her bedroom wall posters of Sesame Street, a Bee Gees 1976 poster? Uh, she has the Beatles, Xanadu, and Tom Selleck. Well, that's I mean, the, the question. The world, the world had moved on since then. <laughs> the question is, why do you still have that stuff earlier? Sorry? Why do you still have that stuff, Eric? Why do you yeah, still have why? it? Yeah, why? 
Shut up. You have a Xanadu and Toya poster. <laughs> and nobody has those anymore. <laughs> I do, and my friend Dave does, okay? Mm. See, one of the things I was going to say, for my money, you know, it's completely filled with bad actors, but for my money, the father, the doctor, he's the worst actor in the whole yeah. film. Oh, he's I love, awesome. I love at the, when they're at the convenience store, the three guys, and they're, you know, they're getting beer, and he, he walks over, and he's like... He's like, how's it going? They're like, oh, well, we're just, you know, getting some what was it, ice cream or something before we go back to study. He's like, it's always good to see you kids take your education seriously. Yeah. And he stands there and he stares off into space for like 30 seconds before he says his next line. <laughs> it's just completely incompetent. Oh, yeah. I, I like the scene where he's uh, having a flashback, I guess, where the mental patient attacked him in the hospital. And the mental patient picks him up and kind of pulls him down slowly to him. And he's like, Ugh. it sounds like he's trying to make out with him or something. <laughs> yeah, it he's does like, uh, completely. Yeah. And he, he's not even strangling him because when the other doctors come in to subdue the mental patient, you know, they're, they're restraining him. And he just kind of like lifts his head up and he just kind of like scratches his hair like, oh, that was nothing. And he just walks out of the room. Yeah. Well, I, I did <laughs> like have nothing theory. happened. Yeah, I had a theory why there was things like Xanadu and stuff on the walls. Um, I wondered if if the director wanted to do a homage to early 80s slasher movies, even though it was only 87, mm-hmm. because that might explain why um, Linda's bedroom was in such a time warp. <laughs> Perhaps. Was, in, was what? I was going to say, actually, that would be a homage. Homage. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, keeping with well, the tone Lin- of the film. Linda's the only one who doesn't go um, any homophobic comments. Um, it's um, it's Chris and Tracy who are kind of like, you know, um, Westboro Baptist Church of um, slash they are. victims. Can I ask as well, you know the scene where Chris switches on the telly and it cuts to a sort of brief 20-second clip of some film of mm. some cops knocking down a door and a monster appears? What, yeah. what is, is that? Is, is that? Yeah, is that from an existing film or...? I don't know. And, and the way it's edited into the film, it's really jarring. I thought it was another scene within the film rather than a... It looked better than the film. <laughs> it did. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, just briefly coming on, because I'm, it's basically we, we haven't got any interviews for this, have we? And I know, um, Nathan, you tried, didn't you? But nobody wanted to talk about it, did they? No. 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 Um, I only found one person, and uh, he never wrote me back, so I guess he did not want to discuss it. Yes, yeah, so it's a bit of an enigma, this film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, say, I, was, I was talking to the guys earlier and I was saying that this is the first time ever that I've only my notes all on one page because it really is. I cannot find anything about this film at all. Um, I, I, the, I, the only reason I was saying that, it was that um, saying earlier about um, maybe that scene was um, from another film is it seems in 1987 a lot of these films were being made for video because The Last Slumber Party didn't come out on um on the big screen unsurprisingly but i don't know which version you saw but i've got the i mean i've got the um i've got the original vhs on united home video from uh, the states um and it's dated 1988 bns productions which could be bullshit i can't guess <laughs> that's what i always um, thought yeah. yeah but what i thought was not interesting but it was quite scra- it looked like it was filmed on film because there's lots of scratches and pops. Oh, yeah, know. I read somewhere it was, on, it was filmed on 16 mil. It looked like 16 mil. It was blown so, up to 32, I believe. That's why it looked so crappy. Almost. Yeah, yeah. But it's just interesting. I wonder why they did that. On um, because when was the first? I mean, because it was it was basically um, just just going on to some of the um, trivia. I mean, literally, I've got hardly anything. But when I looked for this on um, uh, on the Variety um, website. 
it said that basically it's it says it was released around the same time as classics and i use that word um advisedly blood cult the ripper revenge terror tenkiller and forever evil um were all released wow, around about the same classics. time so i don't know if it was the same um video company that was putting them out but it would make sense if they were pumping these videos out then maybe that scene was from um, one of these other films mm. um, obviously not from I've seen Blood Cult The Ripper Revenge and Terror Ten Killer I wish I hadn't but I have um, but I've not seen Forever <laughs> Evil but um, that kind of sounds like it might fit that, um, that particular scene I don't mm. know uh, of course it was um, I want to know <laughs> who was the genius who decided to list it, put this on a DVD with Terror Ten Killer I was just going to say yeah mm. I mean the double bill from hell Oh, no, I lost Carrot Tainkiller. Oh, no, of course you I know, but that's bloody going to be next, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's awesome. I'm going to pick it. Yeah, Don't get any interviews, because I really slagged off everyone involved in that on on Hysteria Lives. Oh, God, okay, I I won't won't do it then. You won't find anyone who wants to talk about that movie, surely. What did y'all think of the wallpaper? Oh, that was amazing! Oh, in, in in Last Slumber Party, <laughs> yeah, I thought it looked like house. one of those, you know, those magic three D images that were yeah. all the rage about five years ago. It looked like one of those, you know, where you I put your eyes. Like, I thought it looked like one of those drawers you put your um, the contact paper in, and you put your knives and silverware on top of it. I thought it looked like a contact paper drawer or something like that. Well, I thought it was the best actor in the movie, and I was really upset <laughs> that it didn't, didn't go on to do something else. Because, yeah. um, Were you enthralled every time the wallpaper came on the screen? It was that, wall, that wallpaper was recycled as someone's dress in Sorority House Massacre. Yes, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Gosh, yes. Well, it's um. Has we got any other um, tidbits on this? I got, got very little. I only thing I found was and Eric probably found the same thing, but um, the band First Strike that does that really really awful song, the metal song, mm-hmm. that okay. plays out throughout the whole thing. Uh, basically, that was their only album they ever released called Just a Nightmare, and apparently they were somewhat successful, and they've opened for Metallica, Dawkins, Striper, and King's X, of all people. Wow. But that's the only thing I could find on the film. Mm, I can't, I'm not that surprised they didn't have a, um, a very long-lasting uh, career. Because <laughs> uh, those three people was them, Fire, uh, Fire Strike, and there was two other people who did music, and one of them must have done that soundtrack. You know, the one the, you were the talking about soundtrack with, yeah. like the, <laughs> you know, that was the so, um, that was the sound that we used to open the show. Yeah. <laughs> Head butting <laughs> a synthesizer. Um, one little tidbit I've discovered the organ. Is, is when it came out. Um, Variety says it was a, it was can you guess how much it would cost to buy the last Slumber party if you bought $99 not quite no it to was buy 17... it to buy a sell through copy of it or to buy the rights well, to distribute it well it's probably both actually i imagine but um $79.95 <laughs> um Ooh, you could wow. buy um a copy of it. and so that's 1987 so in today's money you're probably looking at maybe i don't know 100 $30 or $150 or something for a, yeah. a VH copy of The Last Slumber Party, which I have. I'm holding in my hand a hard clamshell. Did you, did you pay $80 for it? No, I think I probably 80 cents, maybe. <laughs> back when I bought it. But, I would uh, pay 8 cents for that. No. Well, being a completist, I think. I mean, the good thing is the um, the video cover is great. It's much better than the film because it's got like these, um, these, these girls with massive hair in really cheesy <laughs> lingerie. Um, and somebody, you know, ripping off, obviously, the Slum Party Massacre um, cover. 
and one girl having her throat cut in a much more convincing special effect <coughs> than anything seen in the movie. But um, but there you go. What about you, Nathan? Did you dig up anything? Uh, I know that it was filmed in Louisiana. Okay. And I know, and uh, this is just um, a little tidbit I picked up from Tony Brown, who runs the old Hockstetter Place website. Yeah. Uh, he had posted on the Last Slumber Party Facebook group, which, guys, look it up and join. There's only got 46 people. We need more. Um, um, he posted that uh, he actually had spoken to an actor once, and the actor had said that they had some legal issues because apparently the last Slumber Party claimed that they started filming even before the Slumber Party Massacre came out, and apparently there was some legal trouble with them trying to sue the Slumber Party Massacre or something for ripping off their idea, even though it didn't right. come out. I mean, it didn't get finished till 87. Right. Obviously, nothing ever came of that, or we'd know about it. Probably was just that talk. could explain why the Chris had dark circles under her eyes because they were filming for like ten years. She yeah, did she a really did dark circles under her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought she, you know, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people say that she looks like she was doing some heavy drugs or something, which you know, she I probably have to be. She would have to be, or, or crying, <laughs> you know, so she could get out the contract. Who was y'all's favorite character in the movie? The wallpaper. Oh, it's so many to choose from. Um, the wallpaper. Yeah, <laughs> it'll probably be Chris, I'll, I suppose, because she has no slides. Maybe the maybe the uh, dime store scalpel. That was a good character. Yeah, mm. mine's the doctor. I don't know why, but he just cracks me up, and every scene he's in, it's funny. I like the. <laughs> I like. I mean, I love going back to what you were saying earlier about the fact they're having this slumber party, and the mother is in the house, and they don't really think anything of bringing the boys back. And running around slamming doors and going nah, 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 and like you know homo and like this and the mother just comes and goes turn it down girls you know I'm trying to get to sleep it's time to turn in and you know it's just I mean do do when girls have slump parties I presume they're about twelve thirteen I imagine when most girls have slump parties they probably do have their parents staying there but when they're kind of thirty five year old um, slappers <laughs> pretending to be seventeen year old girls then they probably wouldn't want their parents there would they I don't know. Yeah, it's very strange. I love. I also love speaking of the mother, where she appears at the bathroom door with her throat slit, and she looks like she really, really doesn't care. <laughs> she's like, yeah. "Oh, my throat is slit. Whatever." You know, she's, she's there, she's, she reaches out to grab Chris, like help me, and then Chris just runs off. Yeah, but then she doesn't <laughs> seem to care. It's like, "Oh, she's run off. Whatever." Yeah, whatever. It's almost like, it's almost like she's come into the bathroom and Chris has done a fart, and she's looking at her like, <laughs> like while she's clutching her neck. And yes. then Chris looks at her like she's done a fart and then goes, Get out of my way, bitch. And then goes and like they investigates the knife drawer again to look for a spatula or something to um <laughs> Yeah. I felt bad for the cat, you know, the same where the cat's in the closet and then they have the dead body fall out and that cat bolts. It's also, the hardest one in yeah. the movie. It and Lin- Linda flings the cat across the room at one stage where she's trying to hide the alcohol. She, oh, stands yeah. up, she stands up pretty suddenly and throws the cat away to try Poor and hide cat. the alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah can well, I ask one thing? Just one last yeah. thing. Um, the, the really weird vehicle that the boys drive. What on earth is it? It looks like some kind of military thing. It's like a, it's like a Jeep. It's yeah, it's a Jeep, Jeep, but with no sort of side or doors or anything on it. Yeah. It's, uh, they do most, yeah, it's kind of like a, a cross between a Jeep and a Humvee almost. Yeah. Mm. It's not something you see in, in many slasher films. Not really. It no. looks like one of those kind of duck things that you see going around towns, you know, goes like cross water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, and Eric, what about the fashion? Because I, I need your fashion. Uh, well, I do yeah. like that number 10 t-shirt that she wears all the way through it. I'm assuming she's wearing something underneath as well. Yeah. So you did like the t-shirt at least? I did like the t-shirt, yeah. So the Nathan, hair, now the hair, you do know. The hair generally wasn't big enough for my liking. It could have been. Like, considering <laughs> it's 1987, it, there should have been bigger perms. Mm. And if it was filmed in 83, then it should have been really, really big. Yeah. The hair mm. should have been, like, massive. Yeah. So Nathan, so now I'm, you do I'm know. Watching, um, I'm watching Nuts Landing reruns at the moment, not at, as we speak, but every weekend they're on. And uh, it really sets a high bar for um, big hair. <laughs> so <laughs> Last Slumber Party was a bit of a disappointment in that arena. What so, season are you in? We are uh, 1984. I don't, I'm not sure what season it is. It's the 84-85 season. Oh. So Nathan, you do know now, uh, after listening to the intro, which sound clip I was talking about. The bored one? Yeah, I'm bored out of my skull. Yeah, I love that. I, love, I, love I think that was Tracy. Yeah. Well, you guys have to admit that was one boring slumber party. I mean, they didn't do anything. That was boring, yeah. Yeah. And it went they on for hours, of... didn't it? Because it was three o'clock, three o'clock in the morning when the phone was going. All they did was, was you know, make homophobic remarks the whole time. Yeah. What, and wait on the off? boys to get there. Yeah. yeah. Well, the boys were hanging around. Like that one guy that comes in, it must have been five o'clock in the morning, wasn't it? He was hanging around outside for like seven hours. <laughs> which is yeah, that's true. But, you know, how many times, how how many times did they do that mask gag where he climbed up and he wore some kind of Halloween mask? They did it like ten oh, times. I know. And they kept saying, oh, you little queers, why don't, don't do that? My favorite was the one Eric mentioned where they climb up the ladder and they have the mask on and they don't even scream. They just kind of go, and then the girls look at it for, and then it's sort of like a, a minute later they go. A delayed Ugh. reaction. Oh. It was a delayed reaction. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, and they kill me because, and no offense to this actor, but that's what you get for not uh, talking about the movie, mm. um, is um, the, the main guy, the blonde, they keep going on and on about how good looking he is. <laughs> He looks like the kid from. He looks like an uglier version of the kid who was in uh, Lampoon's European Vacation. He has the big jagged teeth and the the ginger ginger hair and the. He looks freckle. like he swallowed a space hopper, doesn't he? As well. He's, um, <laughs> I like the um, Nathan when you read because you were reading out your entrance was the back of the video box, wasn't it? Because I got that. Hit. Yeah, did y'all like that? Yeah, uh, I, I gave it, it a lot of I love the. I love the thing when it says, um, uh, and the beer flows like wine. I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> what's the, the beer I mean, flows like wine. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh-huh. what is the difference between the two? I don't really understand why they yeah. would make They're both liquid. They're both alcohol. The beer yeah. just flow like beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One, the wine probably has a better or higher viscosity, maybe? I don't know. I, do, I, don't I like, know. The, I like the, the fact when... The beer flows like the apple one, teenies. Yeah. When the one kid, he kind of opens that beer and spills about two drops on his top and then takes off his top and tries to wring it out of the window. Yes. Even though he spilled, like, barely anything on him at all. Um, that's very ridiculous. But anyway, um, we would probably better move on, if that's okay, because we are kind of... We're coming up to two-and-a-half-hour mark. Mm. Um, so is there anything else you want to say about Last Slump Party before we... Um, we put it to bed. Just to say, I was enjoying. I was. I enjoyed the cheesiness for the first half, but then got bored with it in the second half. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't, didn't hate the film. Flag it completely. Mm. I enjoy talking about it more than I do watching it. Mm. I actually had a lot of fun discussing it. I mean, because there's so much to point out regarding it. Can you imagine what it's going to be like when we do a pieces episode? Wow. I imagine it's quite good. Um, if all four of us were sitting together watching it, it would be kind of fun, maybe to watch. Mm-hmm. But watching it on your own probably isn't that much fun. <laughs> 
Uh, no, I, I think, made Wes um, watch it with me. Oh dear! What oh dear! Think? He paid me he back. Made he made me cry. Well, didn't he make you watch Twilight? Didn't he? Yes, and that was enough. That was payback enough. That is payback enough. Yes. Yes. Right, well, that's the last when I read party, the back but... of the box? I meant to say that. Sorry? Did y'all really like when I read the back of the box? Because I tried to act it You out. did. You made it you sound really, really good. exciting. Yes. But I knew it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it made it sound like a suspense classic. But, um, yeah. But, uh, right. yeah, well, thank you, Nathan, for that. And um, hopefully uh, Terror at Tenkiller will be your choice in a couple don't of years. Um, so I think if we call it quits on the last summer party and we're going to do some feedback uh now um why don't you write in and tell us um what you thought of the last summer party because i know a lot of you are listening along or watching along even um um the film and then listening to the podcast afterwards and uh, we do apologize about the last summer party for some some of the people keep on saying can it get any worse and yes it can so um, and we apologise for that, but hopefully you can watch the last slum party in the in the spirit that's intended. And um, certainly, I got more out of it this time when I watched it, thinking it's not going to be a very good film, and it wasn't. But I did enjoy bits of it. So, um, but have we got the email address and telephone number to phone in, um, Joseph? If you got those to hand, yes. Um, if you want to call in, our number is eight five eight two three three nine two eight one. Uh, our email address is the.hysteria.continues at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, search for The Hysteria Continues, and we're on Twitter. That's twitter.com forward slash THC underscore podcast. Great. Okay. Well, we've got some feedback um, for this episode. Um, we've got one telephone um, message. Uh, shall I play that first? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's our voicemail. Hey guys, Johnny Krug here from the Kruger Nation Horror Podcast, Cadaver Lab, and Cinema Corpse Podcast. Just wanted to say I've been loving the show, and um, I'm really glad you did the Island of Blood episode because on the Cinema Corpse Podcast back in the day we did a um, challenge where we watched all the movies that were put out, all the horror movies put out in our birth year, and mine was 1982. And for some reason, I could not locate Island of Blood. But thanks to your show, I know that it's now on YouTube. So I will check that out. And uh, just keep up the great work, man. Loving the show. You guys are awesome. Best chemistry in podcasting, uh, in horror podcasting. Um, loving the show. So keep it up. Peace. Right. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you, Johnny. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And nice. um, I'm sure we will all keep it up, won't we? <laughs> Mitch, yeah. please, I'm not that kind of doctor. Okay. I love the side so. whistle, it's so great. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's from Carry On Matron, I think, um, if you're wondering. Uh, yeah, well, thank Takes you, Johnny. Takes me back to all horror days when that would be posted every other sentence. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, but yeah, please do phone in. You know, we're not like other podcasts, we're not going to make fun of you during the um the phone message well we might we probably won't but please do phone in because we just like to like to hear from you if you've got any any um any comments on the show or anything we've covered or you want us to cover or you know just send something in and we'll play it and you can hear yourself and um that'd be great but um we do have some email feedback don't we um i haven't got any myself but um joseph have you got any to hand yeah i got a couple um this is from our good friend tosca top socks 
Yay. He says, Yay. hey, uh, hello, guys. I hope that you are well. Just about halfway through the Whodunit Island of Blood Scared Alive podcast. Another totally bodacious episode, dudes. Just a thought on a subject that very often gets mentioned but not elaborate, elaborated upon too much, and that is the UK's video nasty debacle and the dreaded Bright Bill. I'm not sure that many of your overseas listeners, particularly our American brethren, are aware as to what a massive impact the video nasties had on our viewing pleasure. Uh, being of a similar age to Justin, I am sure that he will remember the infamous period well. I, clear, I clearly remember hiding bootleg dupes of I Spit on Your Grave and Driller Killer under my bed as a teenager. Thankfully, things have changed dramatically, and the UK now enjoys very minimal censorship. And over the last few years, we've been able to enjoy more of those salacious tid, titbits. It's supposed to be tidbits, but you spell it tit, anyway. Uh, that were previously only available as bootleg uh, nth generation copies. It is true to say that whilst only a handful of slashers were affected, the nasties and the bright bill did make getting hold of many of our favorite films difficult or nigh on impossible. Even when some of the less mainstream titles like Rosemary's Killer and Bay of Blood were released, they were often of poor quality and in a highly cut form. It is laughable to think that this whole situation actually occurred in a modern, supposedly democratic country such as ours, but frighteningly it did. As I said, the UK now enjoys relatively minimal censorship and interference, and indeed, I am given to understand that some movies are actually more censored in the US than they are in the UK, especially in the big commercialized multiplexes. The recent hoo-ha in relation to Hatchet 2 in the US is a good case in point of the MPAA flexing their muscles. Anywho, just to say that a future special segment on Video nasties and censorship in relation to our beloved slasher films will be of great interest to me and hopefully to your listeners. Take care, guys. P.S. Hope you're going to have a Christmas special. Ho, ho, ho. Tosca Top Socks. All right. Well, no, thank you, Tosca. And um, I'll just say I haven't told the others yet, but um, we may have a lead on a Christmas special. So I'll keep you in suspense and <clears throat> I'll tell them what that might be after the show. Um, Is it an interview with Shaken Stevens? Uh, no, it's an interview with Toya. Oh. Got a cheap fifty oh. p an hour, um, but uh, yeah, it'd be great to do a censorship um, yeah. sort of debate or a special or something. Um, and um, uh, you know, uh, it'd be int- you know it'd be interesting to do like uh, maybe pick a film that was highly censored that we could cover, and then we could do like a censorship, you know, a chat about that. I think that'd be an interesting thing for an upcoming podcast. So we'll keep that in mind. So thank you, Tosca. Um, yes, thank you, Tosca. Thank you, Tosca. As always. As always, <laughs> yes. Okay, and of, um, Eric, because I know you've got another one, Joseph. Um, and Nathan, have you got anything? No, I don't have anything, but I did have uh, someone add me on Facebook and said that he really liked the podcast. So thank you, Reese Dusty Donald. Okay, cool. Yes, I know, Reese. So yeah, well, um, thanks for listening, Reese. Um, good stuff. How about you, Eric? You've got. Yes, one I've got one here. Uh, I have foolishly not, I've copied and pasted it into um, a Word document and I've neglected to put in who's it from. Do you know who it's from, um, Joseph? Um, 
let me check real quick. Okay, here. well, I'll start reading it out, and maybe you can interject at the end with uh, okay. the name of the person. It's, uh, hey, guys, I just recently discovered your podcast, and so far I'm really loving it. I have been on the Hysteria Lives website numerous times before, and it's great that there's a podcast that matches the joy of scrolling through the multitude of reviews for slashers I didn't think anyone besides myself knew about. I've gone through a few of your episodes, and I'm still trying to catch up. I love how you give so many of the films I love the respect they deserve, like Superstition, Body Count, The Slayer, April Fool's Day, Chopping Mall, etc. I must share my personal three favourite scores, songs, or songs in Slashers, besides the more famous ones like Halloween. Uh, number three, the synth score from Blood Rage. I feel the little synthesizer score during the chase scene fit perfectly since the movie itself was very fun. Number two, the trumpet score from Superstition. The trumpets playing during the climax in the house was really catchy, and once it gets in my head, it takes a lot to get it out. <laughs> I think that calls for um, Mr. Williams. <laughs> oh, yeah, hold on. Sorry. I'm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me just get it out. <laughs> oh, it, oh, here we go. Mitchell, please, I'm not that kind of doctor. Okay. <laughs> His number one favourite score song in a slasher is uh, Woman on Fire, which is a song from Killer Workout, a.k.a. Aerobicide. The really Yay. catchy pop... Yay! <laughs> the really catchy pop song playing during the end credits. I feel this song is a perfect fit for the film, and I loved how the credits were intercut with women doing aerobics. Just the combination was so cheesy, I absolutely loved it. Anyway, I would also like to recommend some movies for future episodes, like Iced. I know most people hate that one, but I really like it. Blood Rage, Killer Workout, Psycho Cop 1 and 2, The Mutilator, and Rocktober Blood. Also, could you send me a link for Saturday Night Cleaver? Thanks, and I'll be sure to tune in to The Hysteria Continues every time a new episode is released. Keep up the good work, and try not to change a thing, because you can't improve on perfection. Oh, how lovely. Uh, Thank you, Thank that you, was Mom. from James. Uh, apparently, he doesn't leave a last name, but his name is James. So thank oh, you, James. Well, thank you very much, James. And I'm sorry I, I forgot to paste your name into my little Word document I have here. But um, yeah, Iced, we did mention on the very first podcast in our What the Fuck Moments. Mm. Um, I have never seen Psycho Cop 1 or 2. Have, what are they like? Are they any good? Oh, Psycho Cop oh, 2 is incredible. Yes, yes, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Yes. Yes. It's like a cut one. You do a double bill for both of those. It would be great. They're they 90s films, yeah? They're uh, 1990s? Are they 80s? 89, the first one? Um, oh, but, but it's a wise-cracking killer. So it's kind of... And he's got really bad... He's kind of like... If you think Maniac Cop, but crossed with Freddy Krueger, a late oh, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. So mm. it's a little bit like that. I mean, I've got... Um, I've reviewed the first Psycho Cop on Hysteria Lives. Um, Psycho Cop 2, I haven't watched. I do have it, and I, I want to watch it, but I know it's very much cut, and I think I've, I've managed to get hold of an uncut version. Mm. Mm. Baby Jesus has one. Yes, I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> okay. Oh yes. You see, I didn't even pick up on that innuendo until you played Mr. Williams again. So I, don't, I have to help out. I have to yeah, lend a helping hand yes. to my friends. Mitchell, please. I'm not that kind of doctor. Okay. What's the last one? That's okay. not going to get old at all. Yeah, no. Uh, no, no, it won't. I'm serious. Um, so, James, um, uh, can you help out with the Saturday Night Cleaver uh, link for James, uh, Justin, yeah, if, you send, if you have send time? Me, send me his um, uh, contact details and I'll send it okay, over yeah. to him. I mean, anyone else who wants to hear it again, I've sent it out to I do need to put that people. on the Facebook page, though, I think would be a good idea. Yeah, maybe I'll just do that. There's a lot of people have been asking for it. 
Yeah, James, if you go to Hysteria Lives um, Facebook page, and we'll put it on the Hysteria Continues one as well, um, and I'll just do a link to to that. So, um, yeah, you can download it for free. So I hope you enjoy it. So thanks for writing in, James. And Joseph, have you got um, one last one for us? Yeah, I got one more. It says... Um esteemed slasher aficionados i'm a huge fan of slasher films and i love the fact that you have covered some of the more obscure ones i've heard all of your episodes now except for island of blood and your show is a must listen it was the deep red eyeball episode in particular that made me write you deep red was the first giallo i saw and i have never looked back through that and a long story i met my friend richard who runs doomed movie thon and cinema somnambulist and we started our own podcast more about that in a second Listening through all the episodes, and I put off listening as long as I can, the hysteria continues is like gold. You fellows obviously know your slasher stuff, and I was very glad to discover that you know your jally too. Your top three jalo lists were fantastic, and I love, once again, your mixing of better-known films like Torso with underseen gems like So Sweet, So Dead. Eyeball is my favorite of Lindsay's jally, although I don't know why. It is definitely in the fun jalo camp, and there's something about it that I can't quite put my finger on. You also get bonus points for mentioning George Rigaud, the arcane sorcerer, and Paul Nashi. Uh, the theme to Eyeball is also the theme to the great uh, Nashi cast podcast. You should check out if you haven't. Uh, I could go on about Grant Grant, Susie, and Toya, the fact that I wish I had known Nathan and Joseph when I lived in Tennessee, Cats Flushing Toilets, Dana Camel, and on and on, but I don't want to take up uh, more of your time. My wife Elizabeth and I love the show. Please keep them coming. Uh, my friend Richard and I do a horror podcast, and sorry, I'd love sorry, for you Joseph. guys to take Mitchell, please. I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> Okay, sorry, Please keep them coming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it says uh, my friend Richard and I do a horror podcast, and I'd love for you guys to check it out. Uh, he sent the link to the Podomatic page, which I will check out, and after I listen, I will definitely. What's the name of the podcast? The Podomatic page. It's a uh, Hello Doomed Show dot com. It's H E L L O D O O M E D Show dot p o d o m a t i c dot com. Excellent. Well, and uh, it says, in, uh, "Thank you, gentlemen. Keep up the good work, Brad." P.S. I'm hoping to score a copy of Teenage Wasteland for Christmas. Fingers crossed. Uh, all good. Thank you, Brad. All good booksellers. Yeah. So yeah, thank you, I Brad. Have, yeah, Excellent. I have listened to that um, Nashi Cast podcast on occasion, and I did. I did twig that eyeball was their theme music. I'm guessing it must have been used in some um, Paul Nashi film as well. Mm. No, it's a bit strange choice, isn't it? Because mm. it's in so many films. But um, but yeah, fantastic bit of music. Uh, Bruno Nicolai, I think, if I'm not very mm. much mistaken. Um, okay, well, have we got any? Uh, we haven't got any other feedback, have we? No, not this week. No. That's it. Okay. Um, well, do write in, and um, we're up to where are we up to? We're up to the uh, two and a three quarter hour mark. So, another epic. Wow. Unlike the last summer party, party, but we'll excuse that <laughs> and we will move on. And um, we'll say thank you very much for joining us. And we're going to play out. We're playing out with some more music. Are we from the last slumber party? Is that right? Yes, first strike to just a nightmare. First strike. Gosh, well, here we go. Well, thank you for listening and join us next time for more of the Hysteria Continues. Take care and bye bye. Bye, guys. Bye.
I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs>